Blog Talk Radio.
lot of things with this program, so you'll have to be used to the change. We won't be saying blog talk too much. Try to trans. Um, we're going to do some other things with this show, and you can't be mentioning blog talk language. So anyway, welcome to another episode. Five Smooth Stone. This is the show, the Book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. Did y'all get all that? Again, you're listening to the host, Five Smooth Stones, and this is the show, Book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. That'll be our new greeting for everybody. All right. Uh, just want to thank everybody for stopping by, friends and family. I really appreciate it. You didn't have to do it. You can, could have done so many other things with your time tonight. Um, but I feel like this subject um, has, since it's got so much, uh, and I do, I'm honest when I say this. Um, I saw the most numbers on on the show we had. Um, I'm talking about for one for live show, not talking about archives. But I saw the highest numbers on last week's show, and I have to think it's because of the subject. I have to think it's because of the topic that we discuss. So. Um, obviously, I'm not a fool when I see young people, especially responding to uh, issues uh, with regards to this show. You best believe I'm going to follow up. So tonight again, we're going to revisit the question on our uh, uh, on our table topic part of the show, our discussion part of the show, which starts at ten, and that will be um, um, I want God. But I can't stop sinning feeling guilty. One more time. The topic tonight at 10 o'clock would be, I want God, but I can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. So, again, family, welcome everyone. Welcome. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing well. Hopefully everybody's feeling well. Um, I'm so thankful that uh, um, we have this show and uh, although we don't get the kind of uh, live participation I would like, we get some. I am thankful uh, for the people that do participate in the live shows, and I'm more thankful for those of you that do listen uh, later on. I guess this time is just not good for everybody, so I am very much open right now to a different time. But y'all have got to email me and say, hey, Seth, can you please have this show at this time versus that time? But I'm thankful tonight because of this last show doing so well. That told me a whole lot. And um, don't think I wasn't listening. This show told me a whole lot. Um, so, again, folks, tonight um, I'm so excited uh, about the participation from young people and uh, the uh, the uh, because uh, they didn't have to respond. They could have just stayed quiet and just let me wonder if they're listening to this. this. The show was, first of all, dedicated to them. It wasn't, I said, I even said it in the show's description that this show was dedicated to young people. So maybe that's what did it. I don't know. But, again, tonight I did the same thing. I said this show was also dedicated to young people because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach people. I'm not here just to reach older people. The family consists of mostly young people. How much sense would it make to have a show just about the things we like? So 
And by the way, speaking of young people, if y'all don't like the music or you feel like the music could be a little better, let me know. I'm open to that as well because, again, you are our future. And um, and I'm not some older older guy, but for real, I mean, honest, the young people really is the future. And while I know I have future too, they obviously will probably have more future. So, but I'm planning on living to 100 if I can. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we'll see. But anyway, family, a lot going on tonight, a lot going on tonight. But here's what I want to do because I'm looking at the uh, chat room. And well, actually, I'm trying to get to the chat room right now. I'm not quite there. But um, according to what I'm feeling here, I don't think that we have a lot of people. Let's see here. Let me quit guessing and just look. Okay. All right. Okay, so I can go ahead and do what I was going to do. I want to allow more family members to come. I want to allow more family members to come. So, um going to give them a few more minutes um, because I've got some things I want to talk about tonight, and I do not, do not want to be, um, I do not want family members missing out. So to buy every single word of the show, I want to be heard. I mean, everybody want to be heard, but I really want everybody to hear every message, every song, every infomercial, every everything. Okay, so I'm going to play this a little bit. A uh, song, and we'll be right back. This, y'all remember uh, Sounds of Blackness? I know some of you young people probably don't, but Sounds of Blackness was known for the songs that really make you think. And uh, they got another one. Uh, uh, this will be an older one for some of y'all. Check this out. Let me know what you think. And while you're checking this out, um, we'll be allowing the family members a little bit more time to come and um, check out the show. I, I'm just trying to all just a little bit to get more people in. This one is called Change is Coming by uh, the one and only Sounds of Blackness. It's an old one, but a good one.
Sorry about the delay there, folks. Again, um, I want to thank everybody for joining in for um, the Book of Douglas Family Friends Network. That song was a lot shorter than I thought. Anyway, it's okay. It's all right. I'm sure y'all forgive me. Um, listen, real quick, I just want to go over some of the things that's going to happen tonight. Again, I do appreciate family, y'all going to the archives, checking out. Please continue to do so. As a matter of fact, tell your friends right now, if you're online, Tell your friends and family, uh, other friends and family that you know are now listening right now, just tell them about the show. Uh, text them, uh, uh, email them, uh, Facebook them, MySpace them, whatever you got to do. Let them know. Let them know. This show won't grow without you. This show will only be as effective as you, as you have it be. This show will be as uh, popular among the family and our friends as you make it. And so I need y'all. I need y'all and each other. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Tonight, tonight, what's happening tonight, Seth, on the show? Again, we talked about it at 10 o'clock. We're going to have the topic uh, that we had last week. And uh, because we had such a, a, the most popular, it was the most popular show as far. I don't know how it's going to do with the archives. Actually, I haven't even looked at it. But uh, I know up to date, to date, there hasn't been a show that started out of the gate with as much uh, um, excitement. It just happened. So that I'm excited about. I really, really am. That's that's my goal, one of my goals. Um, So, folks, anyway, again, thank you, everybody, that contributed with that, okay? And I do mean that. I do do mean that. So, um, again, it is a young people special. Um. And we are going to be discussing uh, the topic we discussed last week. I won't go out, but I can't stop sitting and feeling guilty. And then also we'll talk about other news and information around the family. Um, so anyway, that's what's happening uh, tonight uh, as far as at 10 o'clock. Now, up until 10 o'clock, we're going to do a lot of things. Uh, again, we're going to hear from the president. We'll try to do it every single week. Um we're going to talk about some news going around the family. Uh, we will talk about weather again briefly, top ten movies briefly. And uh, we'll hear uh, some uh, – some of y'all like that uh, poem I played last week, so we'll probably play that poem again at some point uh, if we have time. Uh, a little comedy coming at you, and Dr. Ornish again will be coming at you with uh, how to have a strong heart uh, and reversing – uh, heart disease. Not that any of us have heart disease, but if you do, this is your show. If you don't, this is your show because this man is going to tell you how to have an even stronger heart. I don't care how strong your heart is right now. You can't have a stronger heart. Everybody can. And this is this is the number one physician on this matter right now in the country. He is his his itinerary just stays booked. Everybody wanted Oprah, uh, Doctor Oz. Everybody wants this guy. Okay. And um, just a lot of things coming at you tonight, folks. So y'all just sit back, get your cup of coffee, whatever you get, and hopefully if you're driving on the road, you um, are paying attention to the road because these days you can listen to this show doing anything and everything um, because of the use of a cell phone. So um, that's what's happened tonight. And uh, I was just something else I wanted to say. Well, I'll tell you what. 
let's go ahead and do this. And see, I like the poem so well by Michelangelo, uh, my, uh, my Angelo, my Angelo, for sure not Michelangelo, my Angelo. I'm going to play that again because some of you was moved by it. And, uh, hey, I'm not going to, uh, if you all like it, we'll do it. We'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing it and keep doing it. So it's just that simple. I'm an easy man to get along with. So here is uh, the one and only uh, Maya Angelou. And, uh, again, folks, please text family members. Let them know um, that we're on. Okay? Maya Angelou, short and sweet. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, risen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Find thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, Vowed a celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my sassiness upset you? (laughs) Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. (laughs) As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I'll rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh, does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, there I go rising. One and only my Angelo. Uh, so, some of y'all liked it. I thought I would play that again. I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to go ahead and put the president on again. This is his weekly address. Um, if you're not into politics, you're not down with that. It's just too corny or whatever. Or it's totally irrelevant to your life. You feel like it has absolutely nothing to do with you and your life. 
I understand. This weekly address is for people just like you. What it does is it gives you a synopsis of what the president has been doing for the week. You can keep up with uh, President Obama by simply listening to his weekly address. It's very, very easy to follow show. He's on, he only does it about three minutes every single week just for those people who don't, who are not down with politics, and that's why we do this. That's why we do it, folks, because we know some of y'all are just too busy. And not everybody is interested. Not everybody is even um, understand everything that has to do with the politics. So this is for you. Just a simple explanation of what the president uh, has been doing all week. He's just giving you an account of what's happening with him. Here is President Obama for the weekly address. He is Hi, coming. Everybody. I'm here in Ohio where I've spent the past couple of days talking with folks about our central challenge as a country. Not just reclaiming all the jobs lost to the recession, but reclaiming the economic security that so many Americans have lost over the last decade. Our mission isn't just to put people back to work. It's to rebuild an economy where that work pays. An economy in which everyone who works hard has the chance to get ahead. For months, we've been pushing Congress to pass several common sense ideas that will help us do that. And on Friday, I signed into law a bill that will do two things for the American people. First, it will keep thousands of construction workers on the job, rebuilding our nation's infrastructure. Second, it will keep interest rates on federal student loans from doubling this year, which would have hit more than 7 million students with about $1,000 more on their loan payments. Those steps will make a real difference in the lives of millions of Americans. But make no mistake, we've got more to do. The construction industry was hit brutally hard when the housing bubble burst. So it's not enough just to keep construction workers on the job doing projects that were already underway. For months, I've been calling on Congress to take half the money we're no longer spending on war and use it to do some nation building here at home. There's work to be done building roads and bridges and wireless networks. And there are hundreds of thousands of construction workers ready to do it. The same thing is true for our students. The bill I'm about to sign is vital for millions of students and their families, but it's not enough to just keep student loan rates from doubling. For months, I've been calling on Congress to reform and expand the financial aid that's offered to students. I've been asking them to help us give 2 million Americans the opportunity to learn the skills that businesses in their area are looking for right now through partnerships between community colleges and employers. In America, a higher education cannot be a luxury reserved for just a few privileged people. It's an economic necessity that every American family should be able to afford. Finally, I want to thank every American who took the time to sit down and write a letter, or type an email, or make a phone call, or send a tweet, hoping your voice would make a difference. I promise you, your voice made all the difference. And as long as I have the privilege of being your president, your voice will be heard in the White House. So thanks, and have a great weekend. Okay, and that was Joe, the one and only um, uh, President Barack Obama. And I always love hearing from that guy. Again, don't forget, family, go out, register, register to vote if you're not already registered. And um, respect the people that went before you, if nothing else. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the system as well. However, just for respect of our elders is one of the main reasons I vote. Okay, 
And that's the least we could do. All right? Again, register to vote and uh, because this, this election coming up is, is a major one. All right. I want to turn everybody's attention to uh, something very important that's going to be happening. 2013, um, thanks to Vernon May and Calvin, uh, a relative of ours in uh, Florida, we're going to be having a, um, a reunion in Atlanta, Georgia. That's right, I said a family reunion in Atlanta, Georgia. This is going to be on Sunday, July the 21st, 2013. And uh, just so some of you wonder who in the world is Calvin, Calvin is the son of Dorothy Spann, the oldest child of Aunt Audie Douglas. Y'all know the little family tree we used to have up. Audie Douglas was uh, one of, uh, um, uh, can't even think, it's one of the Douglases, okay? And um, Audie was the sister of uh, Big Mama, uh, Azalee uh, Douglas. Okay, and sister, uh, Uncle uh, Buddy Douglas, who everybody used to call Uncle Sonny Boy. So that's who he is. And um, I just want to go ahead and read this message Calvin sent to the family with regards to this um, family reunion. If you want his email address, it's calvin427 at charter.net. Again, Calvin. 427 at charter.net. If you have any questions about this, this, um, um, can't even think, <laughs> uh, brain part is what they call it. But anyway, here's the, here's the message she sent to the family, and it says, let me see if I can pull this up here. Okay, it says here, um, hello, family. And again, folks, we have family all over, all over the, you know, the United States and even in parts of the world. Okay, but he said, hello, family. How are you you all doing these days? I hope you're staying cool and out of the heat. We are in the process of gearing up for the upcoming family reunion held in Atlanta next year, Thursday, July 18th. Sunday, excuse me, July 18th through Sunday the 21st, 2013. That is a correction. So it's it's actually uh, more than one day, July 18th through Sunday the 21st, 2013. I thought that sounded a little strange. And he goes on the right. We are moving it from the traditional 4th of July holiday to allow you to spend the day with your families. Also, another reason being is that airline fares are much cheaper for those of you who may be flying. Less traffic to deal with, which will allow you time to move around and uh, to do things in the city. It says, your itinerary and notifications will be mailed out to you very soon. However, what I need from you is a possible headcount because I don't have all the family emails and addresses, especially the younger sons, daughters, cousins, nieces, nephews. So, Wherever you are in the area, um, let's see, he said, do us in Atlanta a quick favor and conduct the head count with emails and addresses 
and it says, of the ones that will be coming to the great city of Atlanta. I hope to receive your reply ASAP. Uh, it says, because the clock is ticking. Bless one love, Calvin. He went on to say, P.S., once the itinerary goes out, there may be uh, extra one in your package uh, be handed out to the family members. Again, once the itinerary goes out, there may be extra, may be an extra one in your packet to be handed out to other family members. Okay, so that's a cousin in uh, Florida. All right, that's a very important event happening with uh, the Booker Douglas family. Very important. All right, it's so exciting. You got his email. If you didn't, just rewind and hear it if, uh, later on. Okay, so moving right along. I want to uh, uh, just quickly, you know, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I do want to make sure we do this every single uh, week, and that is quickly go over the weather because some of y'all really like that. And this is the weather, okay. Right right now it um, is 81 degrees, just in case you're wondering. Tomorrow, Monday, the high is 99 and there is thunder showers, uh, thunderstorms expected. Uh, and let's see here, low is 79. And then on Tuesday, the high is 93, low is 72. Again, thunderstorms expected. Uh, on Wednesday, high is 91, low is 75. Again, thunderstorms expected. So you're going to see some precipitation this whole week. Hopefully, I'm hoping every day because we can use it. So temperatures are a little bit cooler. Thank the most high for that. Thank the most high for that. So uh I wanted to also remind everybody again, any type of um news and information y'all have that you want me to advertise. I know Aunt Robbie came on last was it a week before last and she was telling me about a whole bunch of birthdays in June. Uh, my goal is for this show to be constantly naming our birthdays and anniversaries, birthdays and anniversaries, happy anniversary. I got the birthday song. I got an anniversary song. I hardly ever use it. So, uh, again, that's the goal of the show, to be able to be playing birthdays and, and different, I mean, birthday songs. And and I have Tony, Tony, Tony. Y'all remember that song? It's your anniversary. Anyway, uh, got that. I never played it. Well, I think I played it once for Kevin and Nick. Uh, but anyway, folks, this weekend was a lot of uh, a lot of commotion at the uh, uh, movies, and uh, we have box office uh, uh, ratings here for you, starting at number ten. The tenth uh, most popular movie this weekend was called To Roam with Love. Now, this movie grossed. $3.5 million over the weekend. To date, it has grossed 5.6. And then we have Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, that came in at number nine. This movie has grossed over the weekend 4.6. To date, 26.8. All right, number eight. Over the weekend, this movie has uh, grossed $7.1 million. To date, 10.2. Madagascar. Europe's Most Wanted. This movie over the weekend grossed seven point seven million. To date it has grossed one hundred and ninety six 
million dollars. Can you believe it? Tyler Perry's Medea's, uh, excuse me, Tyler Perry's Medea's witness protection uh, grows 10.2 million over the weekend, all in Tyler Perry's pocket. To date, 45.8 million. Good for Tyler Perry. Need to see that movie. Number five, Magic Mike. This movie did pretty good over the weekend. 15.6 million up to date. Uh, gross to date would be 72.7 million dollars. Savages over the weekend. This movie, uh, this debuted. So over the weekend, it was 16 million. It came in at 16 million again. Again, it debuted. So that's what it has made to date. That was the first time it showed. Brave came in at number three out of ten. Over the weekend, it grows 20.1 million. Gross to date, you want to guess what it is? 174 million dollars. Wow. Wow. Ted, which was number one last week. Uh, gross over the weekend, $32 million. And gross to date, $120 million. The most favorite movie of the weekend, you want to guess what it is? Y'all know what it is. Spider-Man always coming big, don't it? The Amazing Spider-Man. Must be a bunch of kids looking at this one. Over the weekend, it grossed $65 million. Gross to date, one hundred and forty. million million dollars. Wow. So all you movie lovers, hopefully that helped you, that inspired you. Um, also, uh, any other suggestions, ideas y'all may have with regards to different type of things we can cover on this show, nothing is set in stone. I just kind of do if things come to me unless I hear why. Otherwise, sometimes I do get suggestions from different family members, and when I do, guess what? I make the change. Right now, there's not a whole lot of uh, people that are uh, that are engaged in, uh, and that's kind of good in a way. In a way, it's not. Of course, I don't like that, but it's easy when you, for me to make decisions. But some of my decisions, y'all might like. So let's not waste any time. Uh, normally, we would having Robbie do her inspirational. Uh, moment, but this week we're going to do some, something a little different. We're going to go with uh, a little comedy. Well, should we go do a comedy? Yeah, let's just loosen up a little bit, do a little comedy. We're going to come back with Dr. Ornish. This guy is amazing, y'all. I'm serious. I mean, I don't care if you're 18 years old. You need to hear this gentleman because he is telling you how to take care of your heart. And, I mean, he's telling you some foods to eat that some of y'all already like. And he just said, if you can just keep eating these, you have a strong heart. And this man is the top uh, top physician in the country with regards to research on reversing heart disease. He is no, no joke. So let's hear a little bit of comedy. Uh, this is by Jim. I think he goes by Job. And um, so we'll hear from him. And then when we come back, we'll listen to the one and only uh, Dr. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking here. Let's see here. Just bear with me, family. Give me one quick little second here. Mm-hmm. Just want to see something here. Okay. 
Yeah, we'll go ahead and go with this comedy, and we'll be right back with you shortly. This guy's funny. Check this out. Hopefully, y'all can hear me. It's a little bit fuzzy, but you, the, the comedy is it's good. You'll like this. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Joe. You know they say laughter is good for the soul, and you're about to become real healthy. Remember, if all else fails, laugh. Thank you for viewing the DVD, and I'll see you soon. God bless you.
getting to listen to the comedian Joe. All right, this is comedian Joe. Well, this didn't take me serious. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I was, my mom didn't take me serious. I'm in the car with my mom playing my gangster music. Lean her to the side, and she was disrespecting me. She said, how are you going to be a thug with your seatbelt on? <laughs> that was the end of me trying to be a thug. Anybody have fun Christmas shopping? No.
Sorry, family. You had to laugh. I know one of them jokes sooner or later got you. I mean, that guy was funny, and his name is Joe. There are so many uh, uh, comedians out there, and folks, we need to support them. I'm telling y'all, um, <laughs> we need to quit. Uh, I don't know why it is people got to have you cursing every other word, else they can't enjoy it. And we got we to gotta do better than that. We got to do better than that as a people. And I think we're just numb to things that are um, that are uh, good and clean. We feel like it's got to be some trash, or else we can't enjoy. We got to see somebody die in the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Anyway, don't get me started about that. All right, folks. Anyway, uh, go to YouTube and and download some of the. Um, uh, videos by the comedian Joe. Okay, all right, folks. Moving right along, we have Dr. Orange. Like I said earlier, you gotta hear this. Um, <laughs> you gotta hear this person, uh, this physician. So y'all gotta bear with me. Gonna do three things here at one time. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Okay. All right. This is Dr. Ornish, and this gentleman, again, is a world authority. He's not known just a little fly-by-night physician. You know, all physicians are not necessarily um, bright and up-to-date. There's a whole lot of people that's practicing medicine that is uh, killing people, or it's not killing people, just addicting people. You know, the pharmaceutical company is in the bed with the world. Y'all don't need me to tell y'all that. And these doctors get a kickback when they put you on drugs versus um, you know, give you things that's going to actually get you better. They treat symptoms, as, as you know. Not you know, everybody knows them. Everybody should know the medical world is not about preventive. They say it every once in a blue moon, but they really just treat uh, symptoms. And uh, the pharmaceutical companies getting very wealthy because of that. But anyway, here's Doctor Orange. Young people, that's saying to yourself right now, I do not need to hear this guy got a healthy heart. This for y'all old people. I'm telling you. Heart attacks, you'd be smart to just at least hear him, hear him talk about the different things you eat, and just throw them in your diet, and you never have to worry about it when you're older. I know y'all probably not interested, but I'm telling you, trust me, it's this bad boy right here. So check this out. In seven days. We found that your blood flow to your brain improves. In and, and by the way, we had Oprah on left. And this is another Oprah segment, but this is not the same topic. This is not the same show. This is not the same information. This is part two of uh, last week. So, okay, you won't, you will not have, you will not be, we will not be repeating anything today. This is a brand new show. In seven days, we found that your blood flow to your brain improves in just a week or two. Your really? blood, you think more clearly. You have more energy. So you could remember where you put your key. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Coming up, Dr. Ornish's dietitian raided Lori's refrigerator, and Lori was shocked to learn the truth about the food she thought were heart healthy. What to feed your heart? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking with Dr. Dean Ornish about what to feed your heart to reverse or prevent heart disease. There are two different plans. The number one killer of women, we just heard, uh, how 31-year-old Lori was shocked when her back pain turned out to be a heart attack. And now she wants to know how she can reverse 
her heart disease. So we sent one of uh, Dr. Ornish's registered dietitians, because you have a whole clinic, don't you? We do. It's okay. a nonprofit research institute. Okay. So he has dietitians, and so they went to her house to help her get started. Take a look. I've really begun to enjoy yogurt. I can have it for a snack. I can bring it to work. This particular yogurt does have quite a bit of sugar to it. It has 42 grams of sugar, which is about the same amount that you would find in a can of soda. Okay. Sugar can increase your triglycerides, which can cause problems for your heart. Okay. An alternative might be choosing the non-fat plain yogurts and adding your own fruit to it. Well, another thing I really enjoy, I like to sit and snack on olives. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's good for me or not, but I really do like them. Olives do contain a lot of saturated fat. Even though we they think do. of olives and olive oil as being healthier alternatives, they do still contain a saturated fat, which will increase your own blood levels of the bad cholesterol. An alternative for you might be using capers, especially in cooking. Capers can give that same zingy flavor that olives can provide. Sometimes I grab one of these frozen, frozen dinners for lunch. Uh, I don't know, though. I, the labels can be really confusing. Look for both the total fat and looking down at also the saturated fat. There's only one gram of, of saturated fat, which is a good choice. On this one, it does have a little bit of hydrogenated soybean oil. And hydrogenated means that it could contain some trans fatty acids, okay. which are just as bad as saturated fat in increasing your total level of cholesterol in your blood. Uh, one of the things I've really always enjoyed is bagels. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, I hope, I'm hoping they're still good for me because I don't want to give them up. Well, these bagels are a refined carbohydrate. They're made from white flour, and they essentially have very little fiber in them. I would recommend the whole wheat bagel, if possible, cut back on your portion size. Okay. They're also so incredibly dense that a bagel is equivalent to almost three to four slices of bread. The refined carbohydrate can increase your insulin levels, which again, indirectly can cause problems for your heart. So it's really important to avoid white bread, white rice, white pasta. There are many whole grain alternatives to that. Okay. You're looking for at least three grams of fiber. Five is optimal. The fiber that you find in breads and grains is really important for your heart. I love fresh fruit and I love almost every vegetable out there. I recommend blueberries and other berries for their antioxidant activities, which can prevent scarring in the arteries. If I follow all these regimens and if I eat the right foods, what are my chances of reversing the effects of my heart disease? The more changes that you make towards a lower fat diet, more of a plant-based diet, we can actually reverse your heart disease, which is really good news. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. Do you feel good about it? Do you feel motivated? It's wonderful. Yeah. You do? It's been wonderful. Yeah. I enjoy all the foods. It, I just, it's a real good life change. Really? Real happy. <laughs> and having had a heart attack is a big motivation. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Were you surprised that this could happen to your wife? Very surprised. Um, I knew something, and you were talking about that instinct feeling. Yeah. I knew something was wrong, so we took the day off, and she saw your promo for your show, and that, that did it. If she would have gone to the hospital that Sunday, she wouldn't have forced the doctor to do a test. That's right. And it's they wanted like... to tell her that there was, she's too young, her heart's oh, yeah. fine. 
Just like the woman on the show. They yeah. say, oh, no, 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 you have to, you have to keep pushing because one of the things I have learned, you have to be your own advocate. Definitely. Because people will just tell you it's a pull muscle and stress and right. send you on home. That's right. I looked at the tech and I said, I, I'm sorry, I know you said that you don't think it's my heart, but I, I, I insist I need an EKG because I have three small children at home and I want to be there for them, you mm -hmm. know. They're too young. <laughs> mm. Wow. So they, did the, they did the test. Well, Dr. Ornish says that a single meal high in fat, Laura, you'll be interested to hear this, can cause your arteries to constrict and spasm. So, oh, wow. <laughs> that doesn't mean you should never eat a single meal. If you have heart disease, though, you'd be better off not doing that because it makes your arteries constrict. It makes your blood clot faster. So it used to be a smoker. So does this, the nicotine in cigarettes. So I went to my mother's house one time. I had dinner at my mother's house. You know, soul food dinner. I know we're going to talk about soul food, Sunny. There was so much fat at that dinner. Like, they had so much fat. Macaroni and cheese, fried catfish, fried chicken, fried pies, that a big lump just came on my head. <laughs> my body just said, enough already with the fried foods, really. So I'm, I'm telling you, like, some, some people's Sunday dinners, can constrict their whole body, not just a few <laughs> arteries. Dr. Ornish tells us why hydrogenated fats can be more damaging to your heart. Yeah, they increase the shelf life of food, which is why manufacturers use them, but they decrease your shelf life. That's the problem. Oh. Uh, because they get converted into cholesterol and they build up plaque in your arteries. If a thing says low in cholesterol, because as you said, it's so confusing. If it says low it in co co cholesterol, what does that mean? It means that it's low in cholesterol, but it could still be high in fat. So like, for example, a bottle of oil is 100% fat, it's liquid fat, but it has no cholesterol. So you have to, so they try to fool you, you know, they try to say, and some of the foods may be fat free, but then they have tons of sugar in them. So right. you want and to, how does sugar affect your heart? Sugar gets absorbed quickly, it causes your body to make insulin, and the insulin lowers your blood sugar, but it causes you to gain weight because it converts calories into triglycerides, which is both how your body stores fat and what clogs up your arteries. Which is also why if you are a diabetic, your chances of heart disease are increased. Greatly increased. And did you know that diabetes in 30-year-olds has gone up 70% in the last 10 years? 7-0, 70%. So this is a real cultural time bomb that we're dealing with now because of the way our eating habits have been changing. Wow. Lori says she uses margarine or olive oil instead of butter. What is the healthiest choice? Well, margarine's better for you than butter, but it's better even to avoid margarine because margarine is really high in fat too. Now, some of the newer margarines are, have what are called plant sterols that can lower your cholesterol. They cost more, but they're, if, you, if you really want to eat margarine, try to get those. Isn't olive oil okay? If you're trying to prevent disease, it's fine. But if you're trying to reverse disease, it's not. Because, first of all, from a weight, if you're trying to lose weight, right. I, I can't tell you how many people say, oh, the olive oil is good for me. They pour it on their food, they dip their bread in it, they pour it on their salad dressing. One tablespoon of any oil, including olive oil, as you know, has 14 grams of fat. Right. One scoop of premium ice cream mm -hmm. has about 14, 16, 17 grams of fat. So you put two tablespoons of olive oil on your salad, let's say, it's like putting two scoops of ice cream on there from a weight standpoint. People, you know, gain a lot of weight. The, the simplest way to lose weight is to reduce the amount of oil in your diet. Okay. Now, olive oil has lower saturated fat than ice cream, but it still is about 14% saturated fat. So olive oil is good if you're trying to prevent, not, not if you're trying to reverse. Exactly. Okay. And there are two separate plans. Correct. As I said before. There's a whole book that you have on reversing heart disease. That's right. But I don't need that because I don't have it. That's right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We heard the dietician mention blueberries. Dr. Ornish says that blueberries, bananas, garlic, and tomatoes are especially good for your heart. 
There are a lot of foods like that that are called functional foods. It's not just what you exclude in your diet, it's what you include that have protective effects. And blueberries, for example, can help prevent heart disease, they have antioxidants, can help prevent uh, cancer, they can actually increase memory in some recent studies. Bananas are high in potassium, which can stabilize the rhythm of your heart. One of the best things that people can do is take three grams a day of fish oil. Fish oil comes, I know it doesn't sound very appealing, but fish oil comes in one gram capsules in many like pharmacies and health food stores. Three grams a day can reduce sudden cardiac death by 50 to 80%. So if people don't remember anything else from this show, tell them to start taking three grams a day of fish oil. It can I think also, you're telling them right now. Thank you. Because <laughs> it can also reduce your incidence of breast cancer in women, prostate cancer in men, arthritis, and lower your triglycerides. A lot of good stuff from that. I know. I thank you. You sent me a year's supply. <laughs> Coming up, Dr. Ornish's Gourmet Chef shows this mom with high blood pressure the secret to making a rich and creamy, heart-healthy fettuccine Alfredo. See if it will pass her family's taste test. We'll be right back. We're talking to Dr. Dean Ornish about his groundbreaking program for treating heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. This is Sharon, a 38-year-old working mother of four who recently learned that her blood pressure was so high she needed medication. Take a look at how her busy lifestyle is taking a toll on her heart. I'm 38 years old. I'm a full-time mom, a full-time wife, and a full-time social worker. People look at my age and assume that there can't be anything wrong with my heart. I was recently diagnosed with high blood pressure. I'm concerned about that because I know that's one of the contributing factors to heart disease. I'm worried about having a heart attack. I get palpitations every day, several times a day. Uh, I'm on medication to control it, but it's really not controlling it. I feel shortness of breath every day. I can climb one flight of stairs and have to gasp for air. Usually, I just feel like I have no energy. What's stressful uh, in my life, being a wife and a mother, I guess, is the fact that I have to do everything. You know, that's how I feel. I have to get up, get my kids ready to go to school, go to work, come home, prepare dinner, help with homework, spend some time with my husband, and then that's it. That's my day. And I think that's just, that's stressful. I feel overwhelmed by my life. I think I'm a people pleaser, and that alone is stressful. I do find it difficult to take time out for myself and to relax. My biggest fear is that I will have a heart attack and die and won't be around to see my children grow old or grow up. Usually, I don't eat breakfast, and if I'm out in the field or visiting clients, the easiest thing for me to do is just to zip into a fast food restaurant and get something to eat and eat on the dock. I'm an expert at eating a hamburger and driving at the same time. I want to learn how to eat healthier. And, you know, I just don't have the energy and I feel like I don't want to stay in the kitchen for three hours to prepare a meal. So Sharon says her husband and children are picky eaters. They don't want to give up their favorite dishes. So we sent Dr. Ornish's gourmet chef, Dennis Malone, to show Sharon how to prepare heart-healthy meals that the whole family will love or at least start to love <laughs> make them love it will it will it pass her family's taste test we'll take take a look right here sharon i heard one of your family's favorite meals is fettuccine alfredo yes we love fettuccine alfredo Ooh, i do too i'm going to teach you how to do that heart healthy style great let's start this sauce over here okay 
I usually just purchase a, a jar of Alfredo sauce and the pasta mixed together. And what do you serve it with? Uh, garlic bread and uh, green salad. Let's take a look at some of the ingredients that you use when you make this meal. Okay. Well, here's the salad dressing. 14 grams per serving. That's a lot of fat. Garlic bread, 9 grams of fat for one slice. I think that's awful. <laughs> so let's see if we can't cook this same meal in a way that's much healthier for your heart. Great. Now we're going to make the base of the Alfredo sauce. And we're going to use white cannelli beans and soy milk. And these are ingredients that are healthy. Oh. So the first main ingredient is a cannoli bean. It's like the Great Northern or the white bean. And we use this bean because it has a whole lot of flavor. So we're going to put them in the blender first. We're not going to use regular cow's milk with a lot of fat and cholesterol. We're going to use soy milk, which is very healthy for the heart. The base is made. The fettuccine is boiling on the stove. So now we're going to add to the cream sauce the ingredients that really give the Alfredo sauce its characteristic flavor and punch. Some roasted garlic, now a little bit of salt, some fresh ground pepper, and my favorite, some fresh ground nutmeg. That looks really pretty. Sharon, now we're going to add some additional ingredients that add both flavor and color. My family doesn't like broccoli. I've discovered that kids really like broccoli if they like the sauce that it's in, it might be a good way to get some broccoli into your kids. Now we're going to do a twist on the tossed salad. This is what I call a composition salad. We're going to start by mixing the red romaine. Actually, we'll use most of this. And then some... Folks, I'm going to go ahead and stop that. It's a little bit long. It's 14 minutes. And what I want you to do, those of y'all that are interested in hearing the rest of that, it's just go on YouTube or any on the internet and type in Dr. Hornish, uh, uh, Ornish, excuse me, O R N I S H, and type in reverse heart disease and strengthen, strengthening your heart. Especially, I think you need to type in Dr. Ornish and then type in reverse heart disease. And don't type in the strengthen your heart. Uh, he does talk about strengthening your heart, but. Just type in that right there, Dr. O-R-N-I-S-H, and then what will happen is you'll get all his clips, especially on YouTube. YouTube is the best place to look for videos like that, okay? So, because uh, I know it's a little long, and I don't want to top this whole show with him going up to all those recipes and stuff, but the main thing, most important thing was the top part of, what he, the top part of that um, clip. So, again... O is an Oscar R N I S H. Okay. Now um, it's time, folks, for um, our future presentation. Let's do a little intro to that. And now for our feature presentation. And our feature presentation is a little something different. <laughs> Uh, our future presentation is this subject we covered last week, and uh, it is, I want God. I want to obey the Most High, I'm paraphrasing. Let me give you the title, then we'll talk about it. It says, I want God, but I can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. Somebody can feel like this, I want to be a believer, I want to be a Christian, I want to please the Most High, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but they can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. And I think, the number one problem 
with people feeling guilty and people uh, feeling unworthy and people walking away from the Father because they just don't feel like they're righteous enough. They feel like they're playing. They feel like they're not serious. And so there are a lot of people out there that want to be real. And when they do come to the Father, they want to bring their A game. And so when they sin, they miss the, they miss the mark. They feel like I'm not going to even try anymore. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. You know, I, I purposely plan to do this particular sin, yet I call myself a believer. I call myself uh, a follower of Christ. I went down to the altar and I shut that man's hand, and I believed in Christ, and I believed in the Bible, and I believed that he came, the Messiah came and lived and died and rose and left this earth and uh, is going to return. I have accepted him in my life. I, I read my Bible every once in a while even. You know, I go to church, try not to miss. But I deliberately plan sin, and I do it. And people telling me, if you love the Father, you won't do these things. If you love the Father, you won't give in to the function. If you love the Father, you know, we're going to look at some scriptures tonight. And I wish I knew all the scriptures that y'all have been hearing, but I can only imagine. I've been in this thing for a while in 1979. June 4th to be exact, probably around 8 and 9 o'clock, I gave my life to the most solemn graduation stage. And it was because I knew that when I walk off that stage, I could no longer rely on my mom and my stepdad, Billy, to give me direction. I mean, me directions. But pretty much I was a man, which means you sign in your own documents. You don't go home and ask your mom to co-sign because you're out of high school. So high school graduation was bittersweet for me. Everybody throwing up their tassels and running off like they're grown. I knew what that meant to be grown. And I knew that I didn't know a whole lot because I just spent my whole high school years playing and doing what some of y'all doing. And this message, this program tonight when I say some of y'all. I'm, I'm talking, it's a show for young people, but I'm not just limited to young people. I guarantee you, if you eight years old, you will hear a lot of things tonight you have never heard in your life. And I know you probably say, 80 years old, I never heard? That is correct. Because some of these scriptures we never, ever read. Just listen to the preacher. And these preachers got a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them, not all of them, okay, not all of them, but there's a whole lot. I could say the majority of them, the way they present um, this whole topic, you know, with the way they, uh, the scriptures they give you and um, even some of the testimonies and even some of the songs and, and some of the what's written in books and texts, you know, what's written in text form, they promote this uh, Sin consciousness. They promote this uh, guilt. They promote. They treat you like we are living in the flesh, or we're living in the. Um, how can I say it without sounding super spiritual? They 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 look at salvation like the Father is judging us by our flesh, not understanding that the Pauline epistles. Uh, Paul, who was a the greatest apostle that ever lived, vehemently disagree with that doctrine. We do not, we do not have a relationship with the Father based out of what our flesh craves. Now, last week we'll revisit 
topics we talked about last week. But real quickly, one of the things we talked about last week is there's two different appetites inside of us, two different um, – it's not like we're two people. It's just two cravings. There is – if you've been born again, that is. If you've been born again, if you've received – if you believe in the gospel, the good news about the Messiah, how he came, lived, died, rose, left, and is returning. If you believe the Bible, believe the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you believe, first of all, if you truly, truly, I mean, no joke, believe all of that, that is not something you did on your own. The faith that you have in that is actually a gift. The Bible says, no man coming unto the Father Oh, let's draw them. Now, let me just go ahead because I want to I give y'all scripture for that because I don't want y'all thinking of making this stuff up. And uh, like I said, this this week and last week, I'm doing this, this topic because sometimes y'all need to hear from me, but most of the time I bring on guests by way of audio and have, uh, have been revealed with the topic. So, again, um be here. What did I just say here? Got a mental block here. Mm-hmm. Well, let me keep talking and come back to me. But anyway, um, see, that's what happened. You're trying to read, do different things at one time. I'm jumping. There's so much I want to say on this topic. I know it'll come back. I know it'll come back. But there's so much on this topic, and there's so much condemnation the church is putting out there in the church. It's responsible for a lot of people not worshiping the Most High, a lot of people not loving the Most High, a lot of people not getting to know the Most High. And I know you think, no, that's not, no, they're not. It's my fault. It's my. I'm the one that decided not to go back. I'm the one. But if somebody is teaching you something that is unattainable, if the church is teaching you something that is unattainable, nobody can live it, nobody can observe it, then they are at fault. And this is why I say that the church is the most wicked institution on the planet Earth. I don't mean that. I'm talking about when they are off course and when they're teaching bad doctrine. They are messing up lots of people. Because people come when they're the most serious to the church, to these cathedrals, and they're looking for light. They're looking for – I'm talking about people tired of playing in the dirt. They come to the church to get clean, and if you don't give them something to where they can come clean and walk with the most high like they desire, that's got to be the worst thing on the planet. You're not going to go to the church of Satan. That's why I don't say Satan's the church of Satan, the devil worshipers, or the clubs, or any of that is the worst place. The worst place is if you try to go, if you keep trying to go to the hospital to get healed, and, and they give you something to get you, to help you die faster. That's what I mean by the church is the most wicked institution. But at the same time, when they give you the light, when they give you the correct information, when they give you information that inspires you to want to pursue this father because you see how much he loves you and he cares for you and how he accepts you the person, not what you do, but you the person, not what you do, but you the person. When you feel love for you the person, again, not what you do because he is not on what a lot of us is doing. You know, a lot of us just in love with our sin. We just are in love with the things we do that's wrong. We just we ain't about to give it up either. Some of us, because we're so addicted. So tonight, uh, my goal is to talk about, uh, hit on some of the topics we talked about last week, which was what is sin, 
where is it at? I mean, for real, where does sin come from? Uh, where does it originate from? Uh, the consequences of sin. <laughs> so don't think that in any way this show is promoting sinning. You know, the Bible says it shows the soul that sin will die. But what does that mean? That means you're going to experience death. There is a type of death. It may not be physical death, but, you know, if you sin in any area of your life, you just pick on for a second marriage. Uh, marriage. If you don't do right by your wife, do right by your husband, you know, you're going to experience a type of death in your marriage. You're not going to be happy. And, and I mean, all of us, None of us is exempt from this. This goes for believers and non-believers alike. There are certain things you have to do according to the precepts and statutes of the Most High, else your marriage is going to have issues. If you are not judging your body and you're eating certain things, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, my mind boggles at how many people that I really like and respect and love that I've lost because they didn't judge their body. They didn't watch what they ate. You know, they knew they have blood pressure, but they keep on eating pork and salt and all this stuff. And they end up violating those laws, and they saw actual physical death. And they're no longer in this realm called life. But then some people are walking around, and because they mistreat people, and uh, for one reason or another, they just think it's, you know, they at a point in their life where they mistreat people, turning and going left and right. They're going to experience a type of death. Because all this stuff they're going to reap. They may reap it in their children, but they are going to reap it. And when they reap it, it will be like a type of death. So wherever there's disobedience, the Bible says, he that sins will surely die. Um, the soul that sins will surely die. Now, uh, another thing I want to say about that scripture, it, it, it also can relate to the fact under the Old Testament, the Old Dispensation, uh, you know, the Mosaic laws and all that, it didn't. Uh, save man. It didn't save man. It's why they had to offer bulls, lambs, goats uh, constantly for their sins. And uh, and and literally the soul that sinned back then surely died. So we'll get to that a little bit more. I'm kind of jumping around here, but we're going to talk about, like I said, the consequences of sin. I ain't hit that strong enough, but I want y'all to know that I'm not promoting sin in no way. I, I, that's the last thing I want to do because I will be literally spitting poison out to y'all. If this show don't promote not sinning, and if this show don't show the love of the Father, the Bible says the love. Uh, the Bible says the. Uh, how it goes. It talks about. Leave. It's the uh, love. Oh, why my mind is not just slow down right now? But it talks about how the the goodness, the goodness of God, lead the soul. To repentance, uh, and uh, just if y'all want scripture backing for that, uh, let's go here. This Romans, um, I think that's Romans two and four. Romans two and four, and let's just go ahead and read that real quick. Y'all not in a hurry, I know. We'll just read as many scriptures as we can, because I want you to think I'm making this up to making this up, and don't believe anything nobody say. Family, no family. King James Version Bible is what we always use. Um. And it goes on to say, and this is, again, Romans 2 and 4. Let's go ahead and start with, uh, uh, should we start at verse 3? Okay, let's do this. Let's go start with uh, verse 3. 
And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Watch this. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads the soul to repentance. The part I want you to focus on that scripture, let me read it one more time. Or or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing, this is what we want to focus on right here, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Leadeth thee to repentance. It is the goodness of the Father. Think about it. When people are good to you, they break you down, don't they? They can almost do what they want with you because you know they got your back. You would do anything for your mother, right? Because you know that her love, the goodness of her love, her goodness and the love she has for you will cause you to change your mind and and, and serve her. And this is what I'm talking about. We're going to get into a lot more scriptures. But write that one down, Romans 2 and 4. We're going to hit you with a lot of scriptures tonight. Uh, last week we talked about a lot of scriptures. Matter of fact, let me just name these scriptures real quick. These are scriptures you just need to read on your own. I want to make sure I quote at least the ones I have on my paper here from last week, and then other way anything I give you this week is additional. But go ahead and write down James four and seventeen, James four and seventeen, Romans seven and nine. Matter of fact, Romans. Uh, and I know it's a lot of reading, but it, this ain't no simple subject. Go ahead and read Romans five, six, and seven, and eight. Um, I'm, I'm very serious. If you really want to get rid yourself from guilt, and you really want to get up and up under the umbrella of uh, feeling like you're not worthy, and and because this is your life, this is your life. This is how this is going to affect you ten, twenty, thirty years from now. If you walk around in guilt, running from the Father, well, who else is there other than the Father? If you run outside of the the the, the true church, which is His family. What other family is there? I know people say in the world they keep it real, but that is the biggest lie ever told. In the world, nothing is real. You know, people say rappers, the thugs keep it real. The thugs are some of the biggest deceivers in the world. Thug life is full of deception. A lot of those people don't have no backbone. They're scared to stand up and they just follow the crowd. They don't tell you how they really feel. They don't tell you that they feel lost and confused. They don't tell you that they're scared sometimes. They don't tell you that they're they're suicidal. They don't tell you. These thugs don't tell you that they make you think, you know. Uh, uh, A lot of so-called rappers, well, a lot of rappers, you know, the big money people, because they definitely call themselves thugs, but they hide behind that money, that, 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 that illusion of prosperity. They're not true prosperity. That's not true prosperity. If it was true prosperity, they would go somewhere and sit down. And the time they see people that are that are filthy rich and they're not reaching back and they just constantly making money to make money. I'm talking about people like Baby and Jay Z, all of them people y'all love. These people are motivated by the, just the love of money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. It did not say money was the root of all evil. Money is just a tool. But it did say the law of money. 
is the root of all evil. And y'all should know that one. That's First Timothy six and ten, I believe. First ten, First Timothy six and ten. So, those of you that are pursuing money, pursuing money, and it's all about money, you don't even have a goal. You don't even know what you want to do with the money. You don't even really have a clear, crystal clear plans. You just want to make money because you want the fame that come with it. You want the notoriety that come with it. You want, you want the respect that you think comes with it. And you're just pursuing money. Remember, remember, remember the love of money is the root of all evil, and that's First Timothy. We just read. Uh, I mean, I just gave it to you. First Timothy, six and ten. Also, here's a scripture I've shared with my kids for a very long time, and I want to go ahead and share it with you at this time. And that is, uh, if you got your Bible handy, you might want to turn to this. Okay, the Bible says, "Love not the world." And we're going to talk about sinning yet. We ain't off the subject. The Bible says, love not the world, nor things that are in the world. It's very important you understand this. You have no business, uh, uh, everyone on the sound of my voice, any human being on the sound of my voice, have no business whatsoever loving anything. Is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a thing? Then you shouldn't love it. You shouldn't love a favorite TV show. You shouldn't love your car. You shouldn't love your house. You shouldn't love uh, pleasure. You shouldn't love no thing. The only thing you commanded to love by the Most High is His creation. You're supposed to love people. You're supposed to love people. You're supposed to love people because if you don't, if anything is love other than people, that means you. Put those things ahead of people, and that's where all of our problems come from on this planet. When people put things ahead of people, if you love a car more than you do a person, you could possibly take a life for that car to have that car. This is why young people are robbing and and stealing and putting guns to old people's face heads, taking stuff because they love. They love things. This is why people are fighting over Jordans and killing over shoes. And this is why people love, you know, uh, everything. People even love tattoos, you know. They love fame. They love money. They love power. This is the number one reason we have problems in this world. If everybody tomorrow said, I love not one thing, you'd have heaven all over again right here on this planet. So young people, old people tonight, we're talking about uh, for sure sin and guilt. But I have to have, uh, I have to put that out there. Again, First John 2 and 15, if I can already say this, says love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Okay, simple and plain. Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So it goes on to say, if you do love things, not a problem. The love of the Father is not in you. I guess that is a problem. All right? 
So now let's talk about sin for a second. We got deep last week, didn't we? My goodness, I need to tear up and jump into that because we got so deep. And uh, I just want to say, folks, young people, when Christ came to this earth and died, it was symbolic of what happened with the nation of Israel. Israel was supposed to offer up bulls, lambs, goats for their sins. And the father would take the sin out on those innocent, innocent animals instead of judging Israel and taking them, killing them, uh, you know, causing them to have plagues. He would just take out their sins. He would take it out on the sacrifice. Well, Christ comes along. He's not an animal. He is part of the ones that have created the whole planet. As you know, the Bible says in Genesis, let us make man, Genesis 1, Genesis 1, let us make man. There was more than one being. I believe Christ in his form of glory was with the Father. So this is a powerful being. When he comes to the earth, he dies for the sins of the world. So how much value do you think his blood was worth, not being an animal, a lamb, a bull, a goat? Pretty powerful, right? Well, it was enough blood, enough important blood to take away sins of the world, past, present, and future. What does that mean to you in 2012, 2013, or whoever's listening in the future? What does it mean? It means that, well, let's back up. When Israel had sin upon them, and they did not offer sacrifices, it was not uncommon for the Most High to destroy them. They would be cursed with all types of things. They lost, the Bible cursed them, and they lost pigmentation, which was a type of leprosy. I mean, this is your Bible. Um, that's what it was. Miriam became white as snow. And Moses stuck his hand in his bosom, his hand became leprous as snow. So it just means having lost pigmentation. It is a type, one type of leprosy. Or they would be smitten to death. Most high opened up the earth and swallowed a whole people. Well, not a whole people. He he opened up the earth and and, and swallowed many people that spoke out against uh, Moses. Y'all know about Korah in the Bible. I'm not going to turn to it, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So when you have sin upon you, what I'm trying to say, the, the, the reason I brought those up is different things happened to you that the Most High afflicted his people with different things when they did not offer up sacrifices to get their sins taken away. Now we have a sacrifice offered in Christ, and our sins are taken away. You can approach the Most High. Uh, unlike the priests could back in the day with Israel, they could even walk into the presence of the Most High unless they were sprinkling blood uh, on the altar from these goats and lambs and bulls. It's just it's just a system that the Most High had. Okay. Now I want everybody to do something. Turn your Bible to uh, quickly. Listen, we're gonna hit this hard. I'm telling you, I think you need to listen. If this is every one time you need to go somewhere and just tune out everybody you need to listen because we're going to cover some of the things we hit last week and we're going to we'll give you some new scriptures and some new ammunition for guilt and, and this thing that make y'all say, well, I can't live it. You're not doing no different than nobody else. 
you're not sinning probably no more than anybody else. Now, again, I'm not telling you sinning is okay. Y'all go ahead and do what you want to do because everything's taken care of. I'm not sinning at all. You should be desiring not to sin. But you ever thought about this? That part of you that hates sinning and that want to live for the Father, where do you think that comes from? Everybody don't have that. I'm going to ask you, again, young people and old people, that part of you that is grieved when you do wrong, that's grieved when you practice that thing that you do that's, that's against the Scriptures, you're saying, man, hate I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Father, help me. Help me. The Bible says he sent his spirit in us crying, Abba, Father. He sent his spirit in us crying, Abba, Father. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna. I want y'all to turn to this. And you gotta look at this. Okay. Let's go ahead and turn and look at the scripture where it actually talks about him sending a spirit that cries, "Abba, Father." So if you have your Bible, go ahead and please, please, in your Bibles, turn to. Uh, let's see where we're gonna look. Let's see here. But some of you are born again. You've received Christ already, and that spirit is inside of you. You think because you do stuff wrong and you have these crazy, crazy thoughts that some of y'all have. And those thoughts are so, they mess you up so bad. You just feel like there's no way you could be real. Well, you're kind of right. What you're feeling is right in one way because actually... (laughs) That part of you that craves evil, that craves sin, you're right, it ain't right. So you are right when you say, I feel like I'm just so, you. a part of you is as wicked as you feel. But what about the part of you that want to do right? What about that part of you that dominates most of your day? I mean, I don't think you all day long sitting 24-7. We have to really ask, do you even believe in God? Do you believe in the Most High? But many of you, your parents, especially in this family, your parents have prayed over you, and you have received the most high in your life. There is more, though. Many of you, there is more. There is something called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all probably don't know about it, but it's very true that we can actually be uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit has complete, when we give the Spirit complete control over our bodies, he does wonderful things, and these gifts of the Spirit, there's nine gifts of the Spirit. These are power gifts, you know, like the power rangers, different ones have different powers. Well, that a lot of these Hollywood comics is taken from reality. These things was in the Bible before any of these comic strips, Superman, Batman, all this. And I'm telling you, the gifts of the Spirit, a lot of this stuff come from the Bible because the Spirit empowers us to do different things. And maybe we'll look at the gifts of the Spirit as long as time permits. But these gifts of the Spirit is actually power gifts, different things you do uh, that man just can't do. People are doing them every single day. This is not no make-believe. This is serious, serious, serious stuff. Again, people doing it every single day. How can you argue with something that's already happening? I mean, yours truly, I can tell you different times, I've been used, and uh, the Spirit come upon me and different things happen. 
And I've shared them on the shows that I have on Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays. Y'all know I do a show on the same network on Tuesdays and Thursdays at, at 11 o'clock at night. But I've talked about many times the spirit coming on me and, and giving me the ability to perceive evil spirits and, and me casting out spirits and me laying hands on people and they've been healed. And not just that, that's the, everybody always likes the, the, the wild stuff, but more importantly, the spirit's leading me into truth. Because truth is what's going to help us sustain our mind to, to not go crazy in this world. We need a dose of what's really going on. Reality will actually salvage us. Some people think what's real can hurt you. No, what's real is the Father is in control. What's real is there is a Satan, there is a demon, there is devils, but they are defeated. What's real is you got angels around you, and you don't know. What's real is the Holy Spirit is there to teach you about someone that really care about you and love you and love you so much he sent his son to take care of the sin problem. Now we can all, we can walk into the Holy of Holies as sons and daughters. And so I want to go to Galatians 4 and 6. Go to Galatians 4 and 6. Okay. Everybody please, the Bibles, go to Galatians Four and six. Write this stuff down. You just can't go around saying Seth said. Don't trust me. Don't trust your pastor. Don't trust nobody. I'm sorry. I know you probably say don't trust my pastor. Yeah. People are people, and they all can miss it. You need to trust the Holy Spirit, and you need to get close to the Father and trust the Holy Spirit because man, sometimes people that love you will tell you something that is not entirely true. Now. I'm going to say it again. I don't trust nobody. How about this? I don't even trust myself. Because haven't you said in the past that you would never do this in your life and you did it? You would never go here and you went. You would never, I mean, you would never this, you would never that, you did it. You've let yourself down many, many times. So why should you trust even yourself? Only the Father is the only one that cares about us 24-7 and is in doing something in our best interest 24-7. That is the only thing we have going. We have we have disappointed ourselves. Many of us have made choices that have jacked up our life, jacked up our children, and jacked up our future. You know, we've made some bad choices. Some of us made good choices, and we make it glory of man. Oh, you're going so good. You know, you live here, you live there, you, you're wearing this, you're wearing that. Is that your man? Is that your wife? Man might say you're doing great, but you and I know both. You and I both know that you could have made some better choices in a lot of areas. So why should you trust yourself? You're not, you haven't always, and I haven't always done things that's the best for us. But guess what? The most high is this being, is this love. Some people have died and come back, and they talked about, they're in the presence of the Father right before they come back, and they said all they could feel. I mean, many, 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 many have said this. And I do mean many, many, many people have said this. All they could feel in his presence was acceptance, love and acceptance, love and acceptance. And you know some of us don't even have it for our own self, so watch. If you're interested in yourself, surely hire somebody else. People are all in school. And when you, you know, I'm not saying don't listen to other people, 
because the Most High does use your pastor and does use other members in the body of Christ to give you a word and give you knowledge. And what you have to do, though, is what I'm saying is not make their word final. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm saying it in a weird way, but you can't make people's words final. You have to pray about it, ask the Most High about it. And uh, I'm telling y'all, y'all may not like the subject that a lot of us need. I know including me for real need to fast more because fasting is something about pushing away food and prayer. Not just fasting, but fasting and prayer makes you more sensitive. Your ears more clear to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is 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 totally, totally the number one power on the planet. It is the planet's top gun. It's not the Steph Bomber, it's not the Atom Bomb, it's not none of our technology, it's none of this stuff is can touch the Holy Spirit, the spirit that has been dispatched upon the planet and that leads and guides that lead and guide men into all truth, that empower us. I'm telling y'all folks, believe me, or just don't believe me, believe millions that have lived before me. This is the planet's most powerful, lethal weapon on the face of the earth. This is it. And if you don't know about it, and maybe people around you is not a, a very good example of it, don't give up on the Holy Spirit. So, folks, family, young people, I talked a lot about guilt last week, and I'm going to hit it a little bit tonight, but I also want you all to understand that the Holy Spirit will if had you been listening to the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, and not man, not your pastor. I know so many people that follow their pastor and following churches, and then when they get hurt, they all jacked up and they start going around bleeding on people, hurting people, destroying people because they messed up, because they had their mind, their eyes on some man. Lots of people have done that. Again, they're following man, they're following man, following churches, all into their pastor, all into their pastor. Can't do nothing wrong, pastor this, pastor that. And then when the man messes up, they so hurt, they go around bleeding on people, going off on people, not forgiving people, you know, start listening to the enemy, and they turn into some, uh, uh, some, some very bitter people. And then once you start mistreating people, you start tapping to that law of reciprocity, that's what the world called it, but the laws of giving, of sowing and reaping. And guess what? All that stuff, you got to reap. All your children got to reap it. So, folks, don't get into these preachers. Don't get too hung up in your pastor. He might be great. Maybe he is listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he is following the Most High. And if he is, he's very lovable. These are the people that almost make you love them because they are, uh, they are examples of what Christ wants us to be. You know, so this is why I say, yes, you should be following people, or you should be, uh, let me say it another way, not following. You should be uh, you should be listening to them. The most high is why you should be praying, Father, put me in a place where I can learn. And, and yes, these pastors are going to put good stuff before you, but you should be praying to the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, you know as to what that means to you in your life. If you do that and, you, and you're going around people, and this is how I tell them, just real quick, because we're addressing sin and guilt tonight. But I'm trying to share with the young people tonight how to get a hold of this source of truth. I mean, if you're in a good church and you're hearing some, and the church is within you, if you're in a, let me say another word, because that's not true. 
The church is inside of you, so I can't say if you're in a good church. I mean to say if you're uh, a part of a fellowship because the church, again, is inside of you. But if you're in a fellowship with believers and they are really serious and they're on fire and they love the most high. They, I mean, they're making mistakes. I'm telling you, none of these people live like you're probably thinking in your mind. And the Bible says if you sin at one point, you know, you sin in all points. That's if you're trying to follow your own righteousness. So this is why we have to um, trust in what Christ has done. I'm going to say that again. Every young people is sinning. That pastor you really like, Jake's, Joel Osteen, all of them. All of them. This family, other families. I don't know nobody that don't allow their flesh to get the best of them from time to time. I've never met a soul. I've never met a person. Never even heard of a person. And I used to think, though, well, I can't say I never heard, because I actually used to think, though, that people were really serious about God and they weren't sinning. There are people that live a consecrated life. What does that mean, consecrated? Consecrated means you're so spiritual. You're praying so much. You're reading your Bible like you should. You're fellowshipping with the believers like you should. You're pulling out every thought, as the Bible says. You have to pull out every thought, pulling out every thought that exalts itself against the Most High. Pulling down every thought means you're supposed to literally watch every thought that enters your head. It's called pulling down every thought. And uh, and let's just quickly, I want to go to that real quick because, again, I don't want you all to think of a... Uh, Making up stuff. See, you can't do anything unless um, unless it starts with a thought. Okay, if you have if you have your Bibles out, hopefully you still do. I want everybody to turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Hold on, let's see if this is what we want. Okay, here we go. The Bible says like this, we're supposed to pull down every thought. That means every thought in your mind, you're supposed to stop it. Kind of look at, think of your mind like a checkpoint, like when you go to security at an airport or something, and uh, they stop you, and they stop every single person, and they they just go through everything all your belongings. That's the way you're supposed to do your thought. You're supposed to go through every bag in your mind, every thought, every single thought of your mind you're supposed to go through. Okay? And you're supposed to Challenge every thought and see if it be of the most high. If that thought is not of the most high, you're supposed to cast it out of your mind because that's where sin start at. So there are some people that are living some very consecrated lives, which means they got this thing, they got some control. They're not just, bodies are not 
Remember we talked about last week and I showed y'all plenty of scriptures saying that sin is in our bodies. It craves our bodies are not saved. Our bodies are not saved. Our body, our physical bodies are not saved. Salvation takes place in the inward man. This is what Romans 7 was talking about last week when Paul was talking about this war within his flesh and a war within his spirit. There's two parts of us. One is the spirit, one is the flesh. Now, those people that have not received the Most High, have not received the Spirit of the Most High, he's not going to force you. So you do not have the Spirit of the Most High, and you do not have a spirit inside of you craving and crying out to the Most High. So you still have the Spirit of this world. So you don't have the Spirit of the Most High. So there's a difference. There are people that, that constantly cry out for the Most High because they have his Spirit inside of them. But their flesh, both people, one with the, the regenerated spirit and one that haven't received the things of God yet. Both of these people have a flesh that has not been born again. So every man on this planet has a choice between good and evil. And I want to also make a correction. I mentioned last week that the Most High said before us, um, um, sin, I think I said, I said it right, but I said it wrong one time, and somebody may have remembered the wrong one. But the Most High said before us good and evil. I think I said last week he said said before us sin. Sin is the choosing of evil. He didn't put before us sin. He put before us good and evil. And then he says choose good. Choose good. So, and we won't turn to that, but because um, we got a lot of other scriptures lined up here. So, um, I just want to say, okay. So last week, y'all, y'all, y'all did get that. Before I move on, because I'm kind of going a little fast, but y'all did get that last week. I said that he put before you sin and good, but he put before you good and evil. And wisdom, he tells us to choose good. This is a man. A man is the, uh, the, the, the different differs from an angel in that we have the power to choose. Angels don't have that. So this is what gives the most high glory, because some of y'all are probably saying, why did he put evil before us? It gives the most high glory when we choose over evil, because evil is pleasurable for a season. Evil is pleasurable. While people ain't stupid, they wouldn't choose something that don't have no, don't that don't feel good and that brain damnation. They're choosing evil because it feels good. It feels good to tell a lie. Somebody mistreat you, and you want to get back at them. You make up a lie to get them in trouble. It feels good. Somebody sock you, you sock them right back. That feels good. I mean, um, you know, Bible says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." But it's good to repay yourself sometimes. It feels good. It ain't good. It feels good. It feels pleasurable, I should say. You know, some people have murdered uh, people that have brought harm to their family, and they talked about how good it felt. You know, evil for a season feels good. Crack cocaine feels good. It feels pleasurable. I keep saying good. We want to stay away from good because it has nothing to do with good. It just feels pleasurable. People say it feels good, but no, it feels pleasurable. It's a difference. You're choosing between good and evil. So if you're on the evil side, you can't use the word good. 
it just feels pleasurable. Certain things feel good. It feels good to get hot. It feels good to have illicit uh, sex for a season. It feels good to commit adultery for a season. I say for a season because it's mess eventually changing. You start feeling all of the bad feelings, and you start feeling the cursed and damned and guilt for a season. It is pleasurable. Well, the most I put that before us, and he said, choose good. I put before you good and evil. Choose good. And when you choose good, that's when you can say something feels good because you're on the good side. We use that word a lot, good. This feel good, that feel good. No, you really shouldn't do that if you're doing something wrong. You can say it feel pleasurable. Good is reserved for the things of the most high. Simple and plain. All right. Uh, I want to just give you all some scripture real quick. Um, Galatians 4 and 6, Galatians 4 and 6, uh, the Bible says, And because ye are sons, again, those of you that have received the Father in your life, you have received his Son. Uh, it says here, this is for you. Galatians 4 and 6 says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son in your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba means Father. So those of you that have been born again, it says, one more time I'll read it, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So a part of us, those of us that are sons, a part of us cries, Abba, Father. It constantly is reaching out to the Most High, whether you are doing something great, you're being obedient, you're following the scriptures, you're following the precepts and concepts, or if your flesh is getting the best of you, that part of you that is not born again, that enemy inside of us. Remember, we got three enemies. The world, the flesh, this is what I'm talking about, the flesh, and then evil spirits. Okay, that's Galatians 4 and 6. So a part of us is crying, Abba, Father. Okay, and I gave you all more scriptures on that last week, but that, that that's Galatians 4 and 6. And let me give you some more real quick, okay, because it's, what, what I'm talking about is so much information, this is ain't funny, okay? It just ain't funny. Uh uh, let's see here. We talked about uh, this one. So, again, folks, tonight, if you just tune in, again, as you listen to the Book of Douglas Family Friends Network, this is Seth, and I'm sharing about sin and guilt, talking to young people tonight. And mainly, it's a special show for young people, but it's really for anybody because sin and guilt is not limited to young people. And we're talking about how can we get out up under this guilt? Those of us that are born again. Now, if you're not born again, if you don't believe in the Bible, you don't believe in the good news, you don't believe that Christ came, or you have problems with one of these. He came, he lived, he died. Maybe you think he died, but you don't believe he rose from the dead. Then if you have doubt and you don't trust the scriptures, then we have to address that because you have got to believe. You know, but while I'm saying that, still don't give up on the Most High. Because remember, in Romans two, Romans two, it talks about people that had no law, they had no Bible, they had no concept of 
the Bible per se, as far as who the prophets was in that. Talking about Romans two, the very last part of Romans two. Read this on your in your spare time. This is a powerful. This may be the most powerful thing I tell you all night. Uh, there were people, and if you listen to the show, you need to call. You got about forty five seconds to call that the um, uh, to call quickly, or else you're gonna you're gonna miss out. The show is gonna cut off on you. Again, if you listen to the show, you need to call seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. Seven six zero two eight three zero eight three. If you want to keep listening, seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. Okay. All right. So. Okay. So hopefully y'all are doing that pretty quickly. But anyway, you listen to the Book of Douglas Family Friends Network, and we're talking about sin and guilt tonight. We, this is uh, mainly aimed at young people. A lot of people say, "I want to serve the Most High, but uh, I, I keep sinning and I feel guilty. And I just don't feel right. I feel like I'm playing with the Most High." I don't feel his presence at all. When I first went to the altar, I felt good. I felt free. But then when I started trying to live this life, man, I feel like I ain't no different nobody else. People piss me off. I want to cuss them out. Uh, you know, I participate in illicit sex. You know, some people may say, well, I'm even I'm even classified as a homosexual or classified as a lesbian. I have a tendency to want to be with the same sex. Whatever the sin is, because for sure, for sure, that is sin. And that is not what the Most High wants you doing. And so there's so much guilt that comes with different things. We measure, we take our ruler, take out our, our ruler, and we start measuring these sins. But all sin is the same. Uh, meaning, when I say the same, let me explain. I mean all sin, let me say it another way. All sin, if you don't understand the things we're talking about tonight, will block you from entering the Most High in His presence. And it will make you walk away from a beautiful relationship that the, 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 uh, the, the Son has provided, or the Father has provided through the obedience of the Son. Folks, listen. I know some of us don't even have fathers that have been with us throughout our lives. We don't really know how to relate to a man. We're talking about males and females. And I know with the Father being a person that you can't call and uh, text and, and go and put your arms around him, it's it's not easy sometimes comprehending any of this stuff I'm saying. Let's just go there. But I promise you, you first is a spirit that was given a body. You wasn't a body given a spirit. When your body falls to the ground for its last time, never to get up again, and you experience something called death, that spirit will continue to live. It's more important that we have a spiritual connection with the Father than it is a physical connection. Physical connection is very limited by five senses. I know I'm going a little deep tonight, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, please understand that our spiritual relationship with the Most High is 900,000 times more important than this little experience in this body that most of us don't understand no way, even when it's explained to us. We don't believe half the stuff I'm saying because we're just carnal, limited by these five senses. But did you know everything, let me just show you how powerful the spiritual is. We're going to get back on the same subject. Look around you. Everything you can see, taste, touch, smell, hear, 
is temporary. It's like a product at Kroger's or Walmart. It has an expiration date. One day it's not going to be. I don't care how strong that skyscraper looks. Sooner or later, if we fast forward time, 100, 200, 300, 1,000 years, that mess going to fall to the ground. It will become dust. Everything you can see, taste, touch, and smell in here is temporary. And the biggest thing I want to say to you is everything that you can see, taste, touch, and smell in here was first a thought. Your whole life. Everything you dealt with today that you can that your senses picked up was a thought in somebody's mind. How real is your life? If everything you come in contact with was a thought. And some of the people that invented some of these things you come across will tell you that ain't even the way it's supposed to be. That product was supposed to be even better, but they was procrastinating. And so not everything we see is even the finest that it's supposed to be. I'm telling you, the spirit, the part of you that is listening to me through this body, the party that's commanding your body to get up, lay down, that is 900,000 times more important than these five senses, what they can pick up. It's like you're having an antenna versus cable. You know, antenna can only get you so much, but the doggone Internet wired into your TV brings the world to you. you thinking because you got an antenna, you understand everything. You see everything. No, you just got five little antennas, whereas the Internet or cable can bring in thousands of channels. So tonight, that's what we talked about Paul having a struggle in his flesh. In his flesh, where his flesh constantly craves evil. Paul said the things that I would do, talking about Romans 7, Romans 7. I'm not going to read it because we're last week. I'm going to go through it real fast. Some of the things he wanted to do, he couldn't do them, a lot of them. And then the things that he uh, wanted to do, he couldn't do the things he wanted to do and the things he hated, he finds himself doing. And he went on to say, now, if I want to do good, if I want to do good, but I find something else doing and I find myself doing wrong, well, wait a minute. There's a part of me that want to do good now. And it's just as strong as that part of me that want to do wrong. He goes on to say that it's no longer I that want to do Wrong is sin that dwelleth in my body. Please read Romans 7 if you don't do nothing else. And understand that Romans 8, Paul didn't have an ex, wasn't born again or nothing. People think that Paul uh, of Romans 8, Paul of Romans 7, two different people, he got born again. Paul is just saying that those that crave the most high from the inward man, those are the ones. Went on to say, therefore, there is no condemnation to them who walk. Let's go ahead and read it. Let's go ahead and read it. I'm having a little tiny, not a toothache, but a tooth that's coughing. I'm not 100% tonight, but I ain't going to let that stop me. 
Because this is serious, folks. This is so serious. Y'all just don't know. Your relationship with the Most High is the most important thing on this earth. It's more important than your relationship with your mama, your daddy, your brothers and sisters, your homeboys, your homegirls, and even yourself. It's everything. If you are as good as your relationship with the Most High, if you hold bitterness against him because of anything, most people hold bitterness against the Father because of death, because that's the, that's the most powerful. Everybody seems to be afraid of death. That's the most powerful, evil thing that seems like happened on the earth, death. And we seem to have bitterness against the Most High because we think he controls our grandmother, grandfather, brother, sister, mother, father, passing. And there's a lot of bitterness against the Most High for this. But I can show you where he gives us the power to speak. And a lot of times it's our, our loved ones' decisions that have taken them on, not judging their bodies, not judging their uh, the way they their lifestyles, the most of the time, why they live these short lives. Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Well, obviously Paul was in Christ. In Romans 7, obviously Paul was in Christ. There's nothing to happen between Paul and Romans 7, uh, Romans 8, that he didn't have in Romans 7. It's the same Paul that is going to say that he wants to do right in his spirit, man, but his flesh is doing something else. And he was then at that point in Christ. Again, Romans 81 says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, he just said in Romans 7 that his inward man walked after the spirit. That's all he's talking about. His flesh still craved evil. Verse 2, For the lost life, Excuse me, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. He goes on to say that the law of sin and death is in his members. Verse number three, that was in Romans 7. He talked about that. For what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and forced and condemned sin in the flesh. I know it's a lot of mumbo-jumbo stuff. And what I would recommend you do, uh, family, is if you don't understand this and I'm talking over your head, go get some other translations, and you'll break it down a lot easier. Y'all, Some of y'all should not be reading the King James Version Bible if it's just over your head. And it goes on to say, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, Romans 7, we talked about last week, was inside of the flesh is where these cravings are for sin. But again, inside of the spirit, inside of the, the spirit inside of us, we crave the most high. And we need to understand that is where we are righteous. And that righteousness is what I'm talking about. We need to walk in that identity. Don't let people treat you by what your flesh craves because everybody's flesh craved it since, they, since the beginning of time. Starting with your mama, your mother grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother, Eve, why would she even listen to the snake in the first place? Her flesh. Everybody's flesh. Everybody has a flesh. Everybody has a part of them that craves the dark side. Christ came because we used to live under the law. And 
uh, as you just read here, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, the Father sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And we know when people condemn a building, you can no longer live in it. That's how kind of what like we are. Now we now we live through our spirit. That the verse four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We now in the spirit watch this. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. So there are people who don't have this born again spirit. And they just live after the flesh. They just crave this flesh. But once you receive this spirit inside of you, after you've heard the gospel and you believe all the things about the Father, and you receive this spirit, it's very important you accept it and receive it. And I'm not just talking about going down to the front office like a lot of churches do. You just shake the preacher's hand. I'm talking about receiving all that the Most High says. All that the Most High have. And there is something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of y'all don't believe in that, but this is the difference between 2012 saints and the Book of Acts saints. They was empowered by the Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. When you give your body over to the Holy Spirit 100%, you will speak in tongues. Most of the time when we accept the Father and we accept salvation, we accept what he has done through Christ, we're scared of tongues. We're scared of all these, these things we call spooky. So we we only allow so much of our body to receive. And we says no to this, no to that, and we just want just a little quiet thing, so to speak. You know, we just want to just believe. We don't want to get in no tongues. We don't want to pray for nobody. We want to get in the miracles. So we shut our mind to the deeper things of the Most High. And that's why we never do it. We live and die and never, never experience the Spirit. But there are some of us that say, Father, I give you my whole body, my soul, my whole mind, soul, body. If you get on your knees and start talking like that, and you really start crying out to the Most High, especially don't start, don't you put no mess in there. Oh, my friend, you will not be laughing at tongues very long. You will speak. They will say, Mama, Daddy, you was in there talking. You start speaking very funny. And what's happening is, this is another book. This is this will be another Bible study, but the Spirit is actually using your body to pray things that you do not know how to pray, and that's Bible all day long. Okay, so Romans eight we just hit, Galatians four and six we just hit. Uh, Want to mention something uh, quickly? I keep mentioning the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. So I just want to briefly talk about this. And I'm trying to think, am I hitting? You know what? Before we do that, let's do this. I want you all to turn, because this is, this is addressing this guilt. I want to hit this guilt a little bit harder. Everybody that has your Bible, please, please uh, turn, if you will, in, uh this is going to be the book of uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 1 and 4, Ephesians 1 and 4. Please turn to Ephesians 1 and 4. you got to see this, those of you that struggle with guilt. I feel guilty after, you know, after sin. Sin ain't supposed to feel good. If you if you look at yourself by the thing in you that craves sin, you're going to feel nasty, dirty, 
ugly, unappreciative, and you will never feel like you are a believer in a thousand years. You will never come to the most high. Never. You'll never stay because that guilt going to wear you out. What Paul is saying to you in Romans 5, 6, and 7, don't forget about chapters 5 and 6. Get other translations if you have trouble understanding that. But what Paul was saying was we're supposed to see ourselves not according to the fleshly cravings, but according to that spirit, that part of him that's, that when you do sin, that part that's saying, oh, Abba, Father, oh, Father, 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 help me. That's a born-again spirit's cry. That part of you is born again. Okay? Yeah, I got some more. I got some serious scriptures coming y'all's way. First one, first of which is uh, uh, Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians 1 and 4. You got to see this. Okay. Um, verse 3. Start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, right there, I know half y'all didn't get that. I'm going to read it again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, right there, it's telling you Jesus ain't the Father, for those of y'all that believe that. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. With all spiritual blessings. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. This is a position in the spirit. And I know it sounds spooky, but remember, I told y'all, the spirit realm is is far, 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 far more important than the natural realm. I mean, it's it's just, it's like having an antenna on your TV that you made from hangers, and you get in, you know, 20 or 30 channels, and then you go and connect your laptop, which has the internet, up to that same TV. You got the world. That's how this is. It's silly to think that you, because you get those little few channels, you know the world. You have access to the world. That's how it is to think that you, that the spiritual realm is spooky and <laughs> make all these jokes about it. Holy Spirit, angels, and demon spirits. He's a, a. This is a joke. This is make believe. No, this is make believe. The earth you live in. See, taste, touch, and smell is more make-believe and cartoonish and temporary. I mean, it's, they don't even, some of the stuff doesn't even last. Some things you look at won't even last a day. Some things won't even last a month. I mean, you know, a glass of water can only sit there for long, and that water going to go somewhere. And everything you see has a shelf life to it. Then you, listener, you, family, and friends of the family, You're not going to be around 120 years from now. That's not that long. Everything is very, very temporary. But the spiritual realm is where it's at. Having said that, verse 4 goes on to read in Ephesians 1, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That last part of Scripture should blow Guilt, a hundred trillion miles from you. Here it's saying that the Father has already planned. Before the foundations of the world, he already knew what we would do. And he has set it up that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. And you probably say, one more time, let me say it again before I say that. 
He, before the foundation of the world, predestined that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That we should be, he already predestined us in 2012 to be sitting here holy and without blame before him in love, in love. And that sounds like a good relationship with the Most High. We're going to be standing before him, holy and without blame, before him in love. That's how we're supposed to be walking right now with the Father. You're supposed to be talking to him when you got sin all over you. Some of you struggling with lesbianism, homosexuality, lying, cheating, whatever, uh, guilt, self-righteousness. Some of those religious spirits in these churches is far worse than all these sexual sins we always talk about. I mean, some of these missionaries in these churches got issues. Some of these pastors got some major, major issues, and ain't nobody checking them. Some of them is in horrible spiritual stages. But even all of this sin, we stand before him holy and without blame before him in love. I know some of y'all saying, I don't believe that. If you're sinning, you ain't standing before him. Yes, you are. If you're standing before him, as Paul said, by the inward man. If you go about what your inward man craves, why do you think you're so unrighteous when your inward man is craving righteousness? What you have got to do is just try to walk more by the spirit. Do things to keep the flesh under. Paul said, I wrestle with my flesh. I keep it under. I keep it under. Well, how does he keep it under? He reads the scriptures. He hangs out with saints and believers, and he prays, and he Fasts and you got to just do spiritual things to keep that part of you that's, that is good, that spirit that cries out to do things right. It can dominate your life more than that lower man. But it's a tragedy if you see yourself, family and friends, through the eyes of this evil flesh that always craves evil, and you know you're not evil 24-7. There's a part of you. And by the way, the flesh don't do everything bad. I mean, to, to, to get a to want to use the restroom is fleshly. To want to sleep is fleshly. That's your body. That's your body. Everything the body craves ain't bad. But I guarantee you evil is right around the corner. It craves wickedness all the time. It depends on how much wickedness you do. If you're really out of control, I mean, you might crave to go to the restroom, but the next three seconds you're going to be cussing somebody out or thinking something crazy or some people, I've, I've seen it. Every almost everything about they seem like think is evil. This is a tame thing. You got to tame that flesh, but don't look at yourself through the eyes of faith. Now I'm about to show you. Uh, if you can turn in First Corinthians, um, I'm going to show you. For those who think I'm cuckoo, I'm going to show you Paul talking to some people that had sinned, and uh, guess what? They had sinned worse than you did. And he's saying to them, you are righteous, but you are holy. And they just had did some crazy, crazy sinning. Wow. All right. Turn in your Bible. If you could, please, uh, I think this is First Corinthians 5. I'm, I'm sitting, my memory plays it. I know that I can quote it verbatim. It's reported. There's 
fornication among you, uh, it is reported that there is fornication among you, such fornication that have not been seen among the Gentiles, that one should have his mother's wife. This is some crazy sinning going on. First Corinthians 5, folks, turn. You can see it with your own eyes. First Corinthians 5, First Corinthians 5. Y'all got to see this to believe it. You're not going to believe what I'm about to read. I'm telling you, you're not going to believe it. So this is one scripture. I won't dare try to just quote it without having you turn to it. First Corinthians 5, you got to see this. Now, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to try my best to say every word, word for word, because y'all not going to believe what this man is saying. I'm going to tell you now, and then you're going to read it with your own ears. There's somebody that was caught sinning, doing some crazy, crazy stuff, stuff that you probably wouldn't do. And Paul is going to turn around and call him holy, righteous, because, again, the the, the sin he knows is in their flesh. They just got to get control of their flesh. It's not in their spirit because Paul know he was a part of the process of getting these people born again and getting that new spirit in them. So he know that they have the spirit of the Most High in them, and he know there's a part of them that craves righteousness. And this is why he's calling them righteousness and not by what their flesh did. First Corinthians five and verse one. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Uh oh. But you hear the word commonly? That means a lot of it. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. In other words, people that are not Israelites ain't doing this as much as y'all doing it. Y'all having sexual issues more so than people that don't even know nothing about the Most High. That one should have his father's mother. Folks who sleep with their father's mother. And remember what the scripture says. It is reported commonly. That means it's happened a lot. Verse 2. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned. So they was all cocky. Instead of mourning for this sin, they all up you know, uppity. And ye are puffed up and hot and have not rather mourned, that he that have done this deed might be taken away from you. Wow. Watch this, verse three. This is gonna blow your mind if you've never heard this before. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in the spirit, have judged already, as though I was present. He said, I'm not with you, but I've already judged this person, so I was present. Concerning him that so done this deed. Now, he's saying he have judged him. He's heard the information, he's heard it several times, and he have made some decisions. Now, watch this. Verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit, because he always said I'm there in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ in spirit, Christ had left the earth. So, again, when y'all come together in my spirit, with Christ's spirit is there, verse 5, to deliver such a one unto Satan, what? Yes, listen to this. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of their flesh. You didn't even know that the church had that kind of power, did you? The church used to curse people and they would die. They have that power. We always talk about blessing, blessing, blessing people, but you have the power to curse people. 
So there he's saying when the church comes together and my spirit is with y'all, and when Christ, with Christ, as the church delivers such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, folks, that's death, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. What? That their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, if they was operating like some of y'all young people felt, and you were sleeping with your father's mother, and you was doing it a lot, if you were doing some mess like that, and you was doing it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, you would say, I'm not worthy. I'm playing with God. I ain't real. But Paul already know these people. He know they're real. But their flesh is craving this world, and they're not checking their flesh and keeping it under control. And he's saying, turn this person over to Satan that his body might be destroyed, which means he's going to die. But his spirit is going to be saved. Because if they're just out of control like that, they not it's be better. They'd be dead. At least they have that spirit in them versus just going around polluting the name of, of the Father by sinning, sinning, sinning. That's a pretty strong teaching there. But what I wanted y'all to see is he called them a believer. Now, there's other scriptures, if I can just find them, where Paul was saying, you're holy, you're righteous. Right after they'd done some crazy, crazy stuff, he was chewing out this one church. And if y'all happen to be listening on the phone lines, you know where it's at, help me out, because I got a lot of scriptures, but that's the one I don't have. But he was rebuking some people. And he says, you're holy, you're righteous. Don't worry, I'll find it. I got my computer here. Um, and I'm unstoppable with this thing. Now, there's a scripture that says, Yeah, the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah, the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, some of y'all have hard time saying that one. <laughs> but turn to Romans 3 and 2, and I'll find that scripture in a second because I just ran across this, and this is a good one, although this is not the one I was thinking of. Now listen to this, folks. The Bible says, as he is, talking about Christ, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is Christ, so are we in this world. So I'm talking about you, this person that you probably say, yeah, man, but, you know, I don't do like y'all do. Man, I'll be doing some crazy stuff, man. You just don't know. What you don't understand, my friend, my, my cousin, my brother, my sister, my mother, my friend of the family, what y'all don't understand is sin is all the same. It's all the same. We like to, you know, take out a measuring stick and go, oh, look at you, look at what you did. But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> it's all the same. All sin in the end causes some kind of death, a destruction, I should say. If you would turn to First John 4 and 17, Hold on. Is that what I want? That ain't what I want. 
I want the scripture that says, as he is, so are we in this world. Uh, okay, maybe I didn't look at it right. Okay, let's go to First John 4 and 17. Yeah, I got it right. Herein is our love made perfect. Let's go up to verse 15. Sorry. Whosoever shall confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. If you confess it and you mean it, you can't say that unless the Father reveal it. Remember when Peter said, uh, Christ said, who do men say I am? And Peter probably looked buckeyed or something because he just heard from the Spirit. And he said, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Christ said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. Nobody has showed you this, Peter. Only person that can show you who I am is the Father. Is the Father. And y'all remember, young people, what happened right after that? Now, the Father literally moved by the Spirit and showed Peter this massive revelation of who this person is because Christ was doing some crazy things, crazy in their minds, and they just weren't real sure about this cat. Although he was doing miracles, it just wasn't sure. You know, this is some crazy, freaky stuff that they was looking at. And they had their doubts, and you probably would have too back in the day. But Peter looked at him and said, I know who you are. You're Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, nobody has revealed this unto you but my Father. Well, when you get the revelation of who he is, and you actually believe with all your heart, and I mean, I know playing around trying to follow your grandmama, your mama, your daddy. Some of y'all just don't believe in this stuff because you ain't heard the gospel. You ain't heard the good news about Christ. That's why I said earlier in last week's presentation, you have got to read. If you don't read no part of the Bible, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the Gospels. Uh, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read them. Uh, four different people talking about their account of Christ. Read that. Once you believe that, and you want that, you, and you and you believe it, that belief is not is not even your efforts. That's that's a gift. I know that sounds crazy, but even the faith that you believe, once you your deal, your thing is to just cry out to the Most High to. To, to give you the faith to believe, but once he gives you the faith to believe and you receive this, your righteousness at that point, if something happens in your spirit. It's what Christ is telling Nicodemus, you must be born again. He's talking about that spirit side of you. And a lot of this we to talk about last week. I'm trying not to double up here. But anyway, let me just uh, go ahead here and try to wrap this show up for the night. We talked about a lot. And there's so much. You probably have to do a part three to this because I, I have not. I promise y'all. There is so, I want to show you this other scripture where Paul was chewing out to these church members and he says, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But you're holy. You're righteous. And y'all would never, ever say that. You would say they was doing what? But I'm going to show you First Corinthians 5. That should put a lot on your mind to next week. He said that this person was going to be saved in the day of the Lord. <laughs> But I want to show you a scripture where he said to them, you're holy, you're righteous. What are you doing? You're holy, you're righteous. And it don't mean that 
Jesus said, "What are you doing?" Meaning, you should take to the Spirit. You should, you should, you should, you should fight Buffett. Paul said, "The things that I hate, he does them." But he didn't do all the things he hated. Just some things he hated, he find himself doing, and some things that he wanted to do was righteous. He find himself not doing those. Some people think that meant everything he did, he hated. Everything he wanted to do, he didn't do. He didn't mean everything. He just meant there were some things he wanted to do. He couldn't find how to do them. Some of the things he did find, I mean, the man wrote half the New Testament. Obviously, he was doing some good things, but he was just saying a lot of things he wanted to do he couldn't do. And things that he hated, some things that he hated, he found himself doing it. He said, now, wait a minute. If I want to do what's right and I find myself doing what's wrong, like you, family member, then he said, it's no more sin that dwelleth in me, but sin that dwelleth in my body. And he goes on to say, verse 7, I mean, chapter 7, Romans 7, who shall deliver me from what? The body of this death. Who shall deliver me from what? The body of this death. Who shall deliver me from what? The body, the body. So what's the problem? What's the problem, family, friends? What What is our problem? The problem is the body of this death. It's the body. It's the body. That's the problem. It's the body. It's the body. It's the body. It's the body. Sin is the well in the body. And I'm quoting verse 24. Uh, let's just go ahead and make this fun and go and read what he was, when he was really crying out, saying, verse 19 said, For I don't do good. I don't do the good. That's must be a different translation. Let me go to the King James Version because he's other. Now, I'm, I recommend y'all can get, get other translations, but I don't really like other translations. But if you're a young person, you don't understand it. To start, you can read some of these other translations. Okay? Now, watch this. Verse 19. For the good that I would, I do not. He's not saying all the things he do all day long is, 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 is uh, he, he don't do good. He's just saying, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it. Hey cousin, it is no more you that do it. Hey sister, it is no more you that do it, but sin that dwelleth in your body. Verse twenty-one. This is God. This is these last. Few scriptures is the bomb. They saved my life. They saved my life. And I'm gonna tell you something that you can listen to. Please, I talked about how I deal with this on my show, Five Smooth Stones. The very first three shows. I think the first show don't work. Try the second and the third shows on something called uh, righteousness is a gift. Shall we send in? Righteousness is a gift. Shall we send in? Because that's what people think. Well, righteousness is a gift. Because we talked about that last week. First thing you want to say then, if the Most High just gives us righteousness, we're righteousness based upon Christ, what he's done, then that means we can just sin. If he don't hold sin against us, and he don't, he don't hold sin against you in terms of you walking to his presence, but now you will pay for your sins. Y'all understand that? You will pay for your sins. You lie, you're going to reap everything you do on this planet. But in terms of it blocking you from, it's almost like I said last week, if I, you know, my son, if I told my son, look, Long as you do this crazy stuff, don't don't come in my presence. Don't don't come. To, don't send it to me. You're not good enough to stand in my presence because you do this, 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 this. Don't come in my presence. And then one day, something happens. 
Christ come and died. That's what happened with the father. And he shed his blood. And I say to my son, okay, you can come to me as much as you want. I'm no longer going to hold these sins against you because you are my son. So now my son can come to me no matter what he have done. Folks, that's what you got. That is yours. That is yours all day long. Don't never let nobody take away from you. I don't care what preacher. I don't care what white stockings missionary wearing. I mean, I, I, I say white stockings. I'm picking on these older ladies because we sometimes think because people are older in church and they got that look that they're more righteous. Some of them people, you live circles around. Some of you young people with the mess you do, you live circles around them in terms of being more consecrated. You just don't see their sins because they no longer can get out here and do some, some of this crazy stuff. But some of them people are the most bitter people on the planet, and they're jealous and they're unforgiving. And you know wherever there's unforgiving and hatred, there's evil spirits. I don't know what it is about that, but them particular sins, evil spirits can gain interest into your body. And they walk around in religious spirits. Boy, religious spirits is the toughest spirits on the planet. Folks that's quoting the Bible, playing Christian music, and going to churches and and preaching and evangelizing, them folks is top of the food chains of being evil. They are the big dogs, and you have to really know the most high in order to deal with them people. If you're a young person, they can be very intimidating. But remember what your cousin said, Seth, tonight. What the Most High call righteous, nobody can call unrighteous. And you have the spirit of the Father in you. If you are like Paul, you want to do what's right, you're craving to do what's right, you really, you don't like it when you're seeing a part of you just hurts. That's the spirit of the Most High, and you don't let nobody, 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 nobody take that from you, including your own self. Know who you are. Stand up for your right. The Most High said, he that is joined to Christ is one spirit. The Bible says you've been made to righteousness of Christ and, and, and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. First uh, uh, John 4, I got sidetracked, but 4 and 17 says, Hearing is all made perfect that we have boldness in the judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Who is he? Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. And then there's other scriptures that say it like this. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And you've got to go chew on this one, family, a friend of the family. We've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We've been made the righteousness of of God. You know how righteous God is, right? <laughs> That's top righteousness. We've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. One scripture says like this, Romans 3 and 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. My goodness. If you don't read no scripture, read that one. I'm not going to even read it again. Y'all going to have to do something other than listen to this broadcast. When you get done, go and read Romans 3. And I'm going to tell you, if you really, this, if you feel in this subject and, man, you're jumping up and down and you're really excited about what you've heard tonight, the best thing you can do, do is read Romans 1 through 
at least eight. It will blow away sin. I'm going to try to wrap this up. Before I do, I want to just quickly tell you about a story Fred Price said one time. It was very powerful. I've always remembered this, and you'll always remember it too. It's just that powerful. Fred Price said righteousness, the kind of righteousness you're supposed to see yourself as, is like this. A man is walking down the street. He has a white three-piece suit, brand-new shoes, brand-new suit, white shoes, white suit, White pants, white jacket. He is sharp as a tack. He passed by a manhole. Some men are working the hole, and they're all dirty, and they need some help. And they look at the guy with the three-piece suit on or the two-piece suit or whatever it is and says, Hey, brother, will you jump down here and help us do this, man? We'll pay you. And the guy look at him and say, Oh, man, no. And they say, Why not? He says, Because I'm clean. I'm clean. Next day, the guy's walking by. He got on his work clothes, you know, black boots, steel toe, you know, raggly jeans, raggly shirt. He's dirty already, a little dirty on his arms. He passed by the same manhole. And they're down there working this hole, and they say, hey, brother, can you help us today? Can you jump in and help us? We'll pay you. And he say, yeah, because I'm already dirty. Yeah, I can join you because I'm like you. He said, that's the way sin is. A lot of people sin because they just feel like they can't be clean. They don't see themselves as clean. They see themselves as dirty. And that's why they are so after sin. But if you knew that the Most High called you the righteousness of God in Christ, that part of you that craves righteousness, you should Make it your business, family and friends, to research this this born again. That's what born again means. It's a part of you that's born again. A part of you is born again. Yes, you can sin. That's your flesh that serves the law of sin and death. Your body is not saved. It was not saved. No part of it has received Christ. Your body is not saved. It's the spirit that is born again that cries out the Father, that the Holy Spirit comes in and, and energizes and, and, and allows these gifts of the spirit to operate in your life. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. I went over 45 minutes, but I'm telling y'all, We've been lied to, we've been tricked, we've been deceived. Your true identity is in the spirit. When your body dies, like I say one day, you keep living. This scripture right here is going to end it on this note. And this scripture will be the most profound one I'll probably drop on you all day. First John, please turn to First John. Now, when you hear people say, if you sin, honey, you have the devil. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Just sit back and think about this. Who are they talking about? Everybody from Adam to have sin and sins daily. Some people have control and they pull all your thoughts into captivity 
and they judge every thought, and they don't sin every day. Some people don't sin every week. But remember, there's sins of omission and sins of commission. I mean, there's sins that you don't even know. The Bible talks about them, that you're doing. Anyway, you just, I mean, you know what's wrong. You just don't even realize you did it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Actually, I retract that statement. That's a whole nother talk. Don't even just pretend I didn't say that. Okay, listen to this. This is going to blow you away. This is what a lot of people quote when they try to put you in condemnation and say, no, nah, honey, if you live in holy and God and you're in the spirit of God, there's some things you just can't do. Yeah, that's true. If you are led by the spirit, there's some things you absolutely cannot. It's impossible to do if you're led by the spirit. But what if you're one of those people that have the spirit the most high, but your flesh is just, you know, you just live among, you live what they call a carnal life. You're carnal, which means you don't read your Bible. Like some of y'all, you don't go to any type of fellowships. Notice how to say church because you are the church, but you don't fellowship nowhere. You don't have no friends as believers. All your friends are knuckleheads. So everybody around you is saying something stupid. All your entertainment is doing something stupid. You listen to crazy rappers like, you know, Jay-Z, you know, Baby, Little Wayne with his possessed acting self. You listen to all these people that's full of the enemy. And you wonder why your flesh is acting up. You don't do, you don't listen, you don't have no healthy music. And when you do hear healthy music, you're allergic to it. You say they sound soft. You do to hear Christian rap, you say they sound soft. Listen to the script. This is profoundly powerful. Again, it's hard to judge people because you don't know their flesh could just be out of control and their spirit is intact like 1 Corinthians 5, that brother that was that the Paul told the church put to death. Literally put to death, funeralize him that his spirit might be saved because he ain't bringing the most high no glory. I'm not saying that's what we should do to everybody. I'm not saying we should even do it at all. But Paul did have that done because this person was out of control. Yeah, it don't mean if he wouldn't admit that, that the person wouldn't have stopped. Maybe he would have stopped. But I can show you other scriptures, and I plan on doing that. I just haven't found them yet because i got all these other scriptures to get to. But there's, and some of y'all don't talk about it. Paul rebuked the saints several times where he's saying, you are righteous, you are holy. You know, so glorify God in your bodies. You are righteous, you are holy. He says you are righteous and you are holy. He's talking to people that have done some of the very stuff y'all talking about. I mean, having your father's mother is kind of some crazy stuff. First John 3, this is one of my favorite scriptures of all time with regards to this topic. So you got to read this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2. Behold, now we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is when your bodies become saved. But every man that hath this hope in him, and every man that hath this and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Just to have this hope is Cause you to be pure. Again, talking about your spirit. Watch this. Whosoever sinned, commit, whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Watch this. For ye know that he was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. You see why I said the scripture is the bomb? You see why I said it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible? Verse 5. Again, 
and ye know that he was manifest to take away our sins. Take away means take away. John the Baptist saw Christ come and said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. If he took it away, then, you know, well, it's taken away. One scripture talks about the, the Father, God was, God was in the Father, not imputing sin unto man. God was in the Father, not imputing sin unto man. God was in the Father, not imputing sin unto man. I know y'all don't believe that scripture for real. God was in the Father, not imputing sin unto man. You know, you think I'm making it up, don't you? The Bible says that God was in the Son. I said God was in the Father. I meant God was in the Son. The Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto man. That means, like when the woman was calling the dove, remember, the woman was having sex, they brought her to Christ, and Christ wouldn't even condemn her. Some would say Christ forgave her. Christ didn't forgive her. He never condemned her. You, don't, you, 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 you forgive people that you condemn. He never even got around to condemning her to have to forgive her. 1 Corinthians 5.19 is what I'm talking about. He was not imputing sin unto man. I know we're very rapid this show, and y'all been listening for a while, but think about that for a second. The Father was in the Son, and when man was sinning, he would not impute it unto man. Yes, Christ was talking about the Pharisees, giving them a hard time calling them generation of vipers, but the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto man. The Father was inside of Christ, not putting sin to their account. That woman that was really, she was really doing it. She was doing it with the man. Somebody said, well, why didn't they bring the man? It don't really matter right this. My point is that woman was in sin. So were you. So were you. You know what you was doing last night, night before, you were, last week, last month. And Christ said, where are your accusers? Because the, they, they brought him to Christ, and Christ just ignored them. Because they were saying, this woman was caught in adultery. What should we do? We just caught this woman having sex with another man. What should we do? Christ was just ignoring them, writing in the sand. Some preachers say he was writing the girlfriends of all the other people that was accusing the woman. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but they ended up leaving her alone. And he asked the woman, Christ asked the woman, where are your accusers? And she says, basically, they don't left or they're gone. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go your way and sin no more. Now, folks, I always want to add to that and say, well, he said go your way and sin no more, but if she sin again, he's going to accuse them. That's what I mean by people making up scriptures. Listen, sin, he that sinned is going, there is a harvest coming if you sin it. If you think I'm telling you tonight in any way because you have that born-again spirit inside, you can just sin, 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 sin. You're smoking on something. If you sin, you're going to experience setbacks. You're going to probably die an early death. I've experienced family members that die an early death because they didn't judge themselves. They didn't eat right. They have stressed out, this, that, and the other. Sin ain't nothing to play with. It ain't nothing to play with. It ain't nothing to play with. I actually think this teaching tonight is going to prompt you, inspire you, motivate you from seeing how much the Father loves you and seeing just how clean you are 
like the gentleman in the white three-piece suit we talked about earlier that Fair Price talked about. I will, I'm hoping that you will begin to click on Unite, get a hold of this righteousness that you really are, and this will inspire you, encourage you, motivate you, even drive you to not jump down in that hole of sin because you are clean. It's only we sin because we feel like we can't do what's right. Now, that don't mean your flesh is going to be saved if you do get this revelation. Your flesh is still unsaved no matter if you kept it under, as Paul calls it, keeping it under, or if it ran, ran rampant. Last thing we're going to read and we're done. Same, I want to finish up. We're going to wrap this show up. Go out with a nice song and wrap this up. Who said... You know that he was manifested to take away our sin. Christ was manifested to take away our sin. Christ came on the scene to take away our sin. And in him is no sin. And in him is no sin. Are you in him? Are you in him? Then there is no sin. It's impossible. Well, I'm in him, but I'll be sinning. No, you're in him, and there is no sin. In your flesh you serve the law of sin and death. Verse 6. Whosoever abided in him, sinning not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. I love that. I love that. Now, if everybody on the planet sinned since Adam, and it says, whosoever sinned have not seen him, neither known him, that means nobody, nobody but Christ know him. Based upon the scripture right here, whosoever abideth in him, sinned not. Those of us that are in him, those of us that have been born again, the Bible says how we are now inside of Christ, spiritually speaking. We're now like in under his umbrella. We're now, our spirit is linked up like a cable network with his spirit. And we're in that network. And anybody in that network, there is no sin. But y'all about to see a powerful scripture that's going to blow. It's going to make this so clear. It's going to be more clear than everything I said tonight. I'm telling you, First John 3 is the bomb. It's one of my favorite chapters of all time. I'm about to nail this thing down. If you've been listening to me up until this very time, you can catch yourself back, but you're about to get uh, this going. If you... If you, you, if you don't even shout, it's going to make you shout. Watch this. Whoso abides in him, and again, abiding means reside. We live in him, those of us that's been born again, because our Bible talks about how our life is hid. One scripture says like this. I've said our scripture for days and days and days, and maybe next week we'll talk about this scripture. But it says that our very life is Christ. That our life is Christ. It says when Christ is our life. It's talking about the spirit man. It's always talking about the spirit man. In the flesh, we ain't nothing. We are as sensible as you feel it when you get guilty. But we're not in the flesh. We're in the spirit. Now watch this. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen it. See, if you have sinned, then that means you're not in the spirit where there is no sin. That means you haven't been born again. That means the spirit the spirit inside of you that cries out a father that says, oh, my God, help me, Father. You don't even have that. If you sin, if you're sinning uh, by the by that part of you, then you don't even know the Father. It's not talking about your flesh, okay? This is saying whosoever sinneth by the Spirit, and you can say it like that, whosoever sinneth by the Spirit has not seen him. Why? Because your spirit ain't born again. So you either have a regenerated spirit that has been born again, and this is this one is in Christ, this spirit that's been born again is born again. This is born of Christ. And it's about to nail it down here in a second. Don't read ahead, y'all. Don't read ahead of me because you don't want you to get the bomb before I drop it. 
It's going to make it clear. I know you say, what? This is kind of fuzzy. Oh, it ain't going to be fuzzy by two more scriptures. Watch this. Whosoever sinned had not seen him. You ain't even seen him. You need to know him. Now, think about it. David seen him. Whosoever sinned had not seen him, neither known him. Peter sinned. Whosoever sinned had not seen him, neither known him. Matthew sinned. Whosoever sinned had not seen him, neither known him. You're going to tell me that all those disciples were not real? They weren't really born again? Paul said he'd do things that he hate. What kind of things Paul hate? Sin. Then it's saying right here that Paul never knew the Most High. He ain't even real. It's either saying that or saying what I've been saying all tonight, that the sin is in our bodies. Our bodies play sin, but with our spirit, that part of us never sin. Oh, you can't say it. Watch this back and say exactly what I just said. Number seven. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous. Well, what is righteous? What you crave when you that's new part of you that craves anything, because it's only going to craves the Father 24-7, the party that cries what they say, Abba, Father. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. Watch this, verse 8. He that committed sin is of the devil. He that committed sin is of the devil.